Welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey. It is a it is a great to be back with you, and we have a huge show for you today. Uh, although it's not as big as what we wanted, because uh, one team refuses to play games right now. Uh, no, give you a hint: it's the Islanders. So first things well. first. <laughs> well, it would be nice if they could play a game. How do you talk about one game this week? First things first. I'm your host. Oh, I did it again, everybody. There it is, Mark Williams. And I am joined by the one and only Mr. John Filkowski. Can we send Jacob Truba out of town, like ASAP, please? And, of course, the man who is doing too much right now, so much news in his life, but uh, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for the season to start tomorrow, guys. It's It's been a long time since we've seen NHL hockey, so I'm excited for the Islanders to finally drop the puck on their season. I mean, play a damn game. I mean, does the NHL not want to see them at all? Them them or the Bruins? Like, yeah. how is this even possible? But- well, I mean, like I said, I get it, and we'll talk about when we get into the Islanders, but I guess they feel like 13-game road trip, you know, wouldn't be fair for them to to sit there and be on the road literally the whole time. That is true, but also, I mean, if you're going to be on the road that entire time, wouldn't you rather have the games? Which is what we're going to get into in a minute. Uh, we do have huge news for everybody today. Uh, it is official. We're going to be doing our first bar meetup. At the end of November, it is a Ranger Islander game. It's going to be in Hicksville. Uh, it's a bar that I frequent plenty of times. So I uh, can't wait to actually get together, meet everybody. Yes, it will be a, a little bit of an NFL Sunday, but there's no interesting games. And let's be honest, Rangers Islanders, that's what we really are all going to want to see anyway. But we got to talk about that said Rangers because – it's always the good and the bad with this team. So we have, uh, there's a loss to Calgary last week. They get three days off and then they shut out Columbus. They beat Seattle in Seattle for their first one. And it looked like they had another two points, but they coughed up a two goal lead in the third period. Phil, your thoughts on last night's game. I'll play it again. Uh, it just seems like there's no improvement in the team. It just doesn't seem like they're they're getting it. Um, they don't un- they don't seem to just get the fact that you need to play a full sixty minutes of hockey, and there's just never a full sixty minute effort from this team. They, I mean, they finally had some sort of consistent offensive zone uh, possession time and and you know chances. Because in a lot of their other games, if you if you really watch, they're getting chances and they're converting on them, and they're usually off the rush. It's never at the ex- expense of sustained offensive zone pressure. So it was good to see them get those shifts in there, but they still played badly in their own zone. They were still outplayed. They were still outworked, again, by a lesser team. Uh, Vancouver has not been good. So to, to really – to get outworked by a team like Vancouver after getting outworked handily by an even worse team in Seattle is not good news for this team heading into a part of their schedule where they have three games against Edmonton, Calgary, who wiped the floor with them the last time, and then Florida, who's one of the best teams in the league right now. So 
I don't care what's going on with their coaching controversy. They're still a far better team than the Rangers, a far better team. And if they come in there into those three games with efforts like the ones that they've had in these games, they're going to get smacked around. So they need to, they need to step things up and, and the offense needs to start scoring two goals a game or less is, is anemic and it's not good enough. I think it's time to shake up the lines. And uh, to his credit, Gerard Gallant isn't throwing anyone under the bus. He is trying to be as upbeat as possible with this. If you heard it in the press conferences before, but uh, this is really going to, there is an adjustment period. We know this. He's trying to put his stamp on the team. And yeah, when you're going to be seeing, yeah, you're going to be seeing one of the best offensive players, ergo teams in the league this uh tomorrow night actually and then uh getting uh the the calgary flames who look like they've adjusted well after a new coach and once again anthony gets better looking uh it's it's just it's it's just the way uh i i don't know if i can even duplicate that look anymore but the uh it's it's something that they need to adjust. They need to get back on track, which I was going to lead Anthony to this question. Oh, good. He's back. Okay, good. So, Anthony, I asked you this question last week about Ilya Sorokin. But right now, is it all on Igor Sesterkin for the New York Rangers? Hey, I mean, definitely seems that way. Um, you know, obviously, had the shot at Columbus. He was great. Uh, he was really good in the game against Seattle. And uh, he was great in Vancouver again last night. It's becoming the story. Um, and, you know, I'll say this, you know, for the most part, um, it's good enough for them to win. But, you know, finally last night he was met with a goalie who was at least at his level in Thatcher Demko in this particular game. Um, and Demko, you know, stole really stole it. I thought stole the game for Vancouver in that crazy sequence in overtime there um, at the end. But, you know, yeah, you know, you, you can't – it's it's good to have an elite goalie. Um, obviously, it, it's one of the biggest wins you can have as an NHL club. Um, but when you consistently essentially rely on that said goalie to, to play, you know, worldly, eventually it's going to catch up to you. Um, and it's also going to create a lot more pressure on Igor's shoulders that he's feeling night in and night out, you know, and that – the grind of a, you know, long season, it'll start to wear at you. So, um, you know, right now uh, <laughs> the Rangers really need to give him a little more support. Um, so he does, so he doesn't have to feel, okay, well, if I let in, you know, two goals, you know, maybe, maybe we're going to lose now. So um, he's been fantastic, absolutely fantastic, but the Rangers got to give him more help. They got to give him more goal support um, and they got to be stronger defensively because, you know, it's again, it's nice to have your goalie make these 10 bell saves and and keep you in it with saves when you're under siege, but it's not prime. So the Rangers Does, need to kind of, you know, help him out a little bit. Do these conversations sound awfully familiar? To oh, yeah. Because I, I, I recall having these conversations for 15 years with <laughs> Henrik Lundqvist. The same damn conversations over and over again. The play in front of them is unsustainable. You can't win against better teams like this. You got to have better production from your defense. Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba have just been, uh, they should be fired into the sun with the way that they played. And Patrick Nemitz is even worse than they are. 
So I'll I'll go one better. I'm I'm done seeing Jared Denorty. Yeah, I'm done with him. You know, I'm, he, done he I'm done with that too. Yeah, we we tried that experiment. It's it's, it's that's done. So um, the, there are other positives that have come out of this. Yes. Last night, goal and assist for Artemi Panarin. Goal and assist for Mika Zibanejad. Another two assists for Adam Fox. Uh, Chris Kreider uh, scored on a shot this week. Dilk will be happy about that. Uh, and it's just that's where it's uh, where Philk is alluding to. Is it time that the Rangers split up Truba and Miller? I think it's gotta it's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. This, this pairing has been awful. If you look at the analytics in, in terms of like game scores and uh, go, goals, uh, goal saved uh, or expected goals against, I'm sorry. It, it just the <laughs> they're so bad. They're so bad. And Jacob Truba, you know what? I, I get it. Like he can't carry a pairing. Him and Josh Morrissey were great together in Winnipeg because they really complemented one another well, and they were both experienced defensemen. Jacob Truba can't carry Keandre Miller, and, and the consistent rookie mistakes that Keandre Miller continues to make in his second season, like letting forwards get behind him, um, playing, waving with his stick too much, not playing the body enough. Uh, I mean, getting caught out of position is another thing that Keandre Miller has just seems to. I don't, I don't know what it is with him, but he continues to do this. And Jacob Truba can't carry that. So I, I would try to see if Keandre Miller can work with Adam Fox. Um, I would put maybe Ryan Lindgren with Jacob Truba. Or, I mean, get Nils Lundqvist, you know, in there and, and maybe move Patrick Nemeth around with somebody. Maybe, maybe I don't know, Tr- Nemeth and Truba? I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't like the idea of Patrick Nemeth playing top four minutes, but – Something's got to change with these pairings because Fox and Lindgren are phenomenal together, and the other two pairings are just terrible. So I'm going to redirect that entire philosophy and everything you were just saying right back down to the bottom box because Anthony, you know from your experience with the Islanders, they you need consistent D pairing and guys that know where they're going to be. So when you decide to shake them up, I mean. That that's a tectonic flake if you sh- if you uh, split up Lindgren and Fox, right? Yeah, um, but you know what? I mean, look look to the Islanders. They've they've split up Pelic and Pollock this year because of you know because of the struggles of, of Chara and Green. They they couldn't they couldn't stay the course with that pair because Trotz felt that splitting them up um, you know helped out the other pairings by always having at least trying to have one of them on the ice. Um, you know, at all times. So the Rangers could, could definitely split up Fox and Lingren um, to that, to that point. Um, but as far as tr- Truba, I mean, I, I've said um, really from the get go, like Truba's making $8 million um, and he's certainly not playing like an $8 million defenseman in any, nope. by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and with, you know, the Rangers now with Fox's extension and them having, you know, five players account for, Roughly forty-four million against the cap. Um, you can't have Jacob Truba making eight million. I mean, there's going to come, there's gonna no. come to a point where you're going to have to f- try to find a way to move him because with that much money tied up in five guys and he's playing the way he is, it's not really good for the rest of the, the way you want to construct the rest of your team. But um, for now, yeah, to try something different. Try to give him a boost, a different pairing, and it doesn't help. He's playing with a younger player in Keandre Miller, 
who's struggled, I would say, mightily since the second half of last season. So um, I don't know if the two of them really complement each other well at this point. No. The problem is then you have Tenorti and Nemeth, who are both, you know, you know, poor defensemen. So there's not much you could do aside from, yes, splitting up Fox and Lindgren and, and you know, kind of putting it in a mixed bag and seeing what we can come up with. And you know what? If the, the, the part of the problem with him was he was brought to be a number one, quickly lost his job on the power play, and then Fox took over the number one defenseman spot. I mean, it should make him better, but he's making all that money. And, I mean, that, that just puts a target on you. But once again, Philk, one of the stories of the, of the team, they can't win a damn faceoff. And, yes, I said damn for that. They actually went up in the rankings because someone else got worse. You know what? And I've been saying this for a while. You, you, you have to – face-offs aren't an overrated stat. There are so many younger fans that think that face-offs are overrated. Face-offs equal possession, and possession helps you win games. And, yes, I know possession is not the only thing that helps you win games. You obviously have to get shots on net. You have to score. You have to keep, your puck out of the, uh, keep the puck out of your own net. But you can't be on a power play and lose the initial face-off every single time and for once they won the initial face off they had their configurations different and they went to artemi panarin for a one-timer from the point and scored last night off of it yeah right off the opening right off the opening face off of that power play and it was like i felt like i was in the upside down from stranger things like what was going on here like was <laughs> a monster about to come out and eat me and end my life or something like that and i was never going to come back I just I didn't understand what was going on there for a second because I hadn't seen that in God knows how long. I felt like since maybe Leach and Zubov were a pairing, but um, yeah, or, or or when Messier was uh, taking more draws. And yeah. for people that think faceoffs are overrated, one of the reasons why the Rangers won the Cup in '94 is because they got Craig McTavish, and it wasn't because he was a great goal scorer. No, so he wasn't brought in for that purpose. I mean, he was the one who took the final faceoff and won the final faceoff for them. But the, the point that I want to make here is that you cannot be the 30th of 32nd or the, the 30th of 32 teams in the NHL in terms of faceoff percentage and expect to win games because you can't sustain possession that way. That means that the other team is going to have the puck a lot more than you do. And the fact that they have six wins in 10 games, despite being Lastly in the NHL, sure, it's a good thing in a way because oh, you know, third to last, yeah, third to last. Sorry, and they could get better, but and and, and Rich, yeah, I, I I I said this I think in the video about Adam. Oh no, no, that was the comment I was looking for. Sorry, sorry, John. But um, hello, John. He did say the same thing too. Yeah, I I did I did say that yesterday too, John. And nice belt. That. Yeah, so you, it's actually good that you made that comment, John. But Rich, yeah, I, I talked about hiring Yannick Perot and seeing what Yannick Perot is doing because the, the Washington Capitals brought in Michael Pekka to help, and Michael Pekka helped them. So why couldn't the Rangers do the same thing and go get someone like Yannick Perot or or someone like that to help them win faceoffs? Yeah. Wait a second. They brought in Michael Pekka to Washington? Yeah. I mean, that's where Peter Lavalier coached. Didn't those two not get along, Anthony? Oh, Pekka oh, yeah. and Lavalier. Him and Pekka that didn't get along? 
Uh, I mean, I I don't know. That's what was reported. I, I don't know how much truth there was to it. I, I know there was the whole Yashin Pekka dynamic in the locker room, but I I don't I don't know exactly what what transpired there. All right. Well, I guess the only way to look at it though for the Rangers is they got all these problems and they they're still getting points. They've only left five points on the board so far this season. Or now it's six, but that's that that's the only way to look at it right now and they're going to get better they're going to score more goals we all know this and that's what's going to happen give so, me zach jones already please yeah oh and uh so if you got any more suggestions how you would improve the new york rangers right now throw them all down in the comments below we're going to move on to a team where there's not that much news um first first things first uh, Anthony and I were talking about this the other day, Islander fans. And yes, we're trying to cover both teams equally as much, but you guys are good at keeping news out and you only played one game this week. What the hell NHL? <laughs> There's two New York teams. All right. So well, we got we... some more Islander viewers in here, especially in the comments section. There's no Islander comments in the section. Yeah, so. Shannon, where are you? <laughs> Shannon, we, we need, we need our Islander viewers in here to be in the, uh, in the comments section to help us out. Cause that, that'll really, that'll really, you know, get the Islander discussion going too. All right. So the Islanders had one game this week, one since the last time we did a show and they lost in shootout to the, the national predators. You got the power play. You know, it was almost the same story that the Rangers had last night, Anthony, two power play goals in your case, Bovillier yep. and Wallstrom. And then you know, third period, you lose the lead, and then you lose in, in overtime or shootout. Take it away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the Islanders. Uh, the the first period, I, I would say Nashville was, was a little bit uh, a little, little bit on top of them. Um, you know, Sorokin made eleven of those twenty of those twenty one saves in the first. Um, but then, you know, the Islanders from there, they kind of they kind of really took the game away. Um, and if it weren't for you know a mishap by Chara. And the third period that led to a you know kind of a lucky Predators deflection goal that tied the game, uh, the Islanders probably get two points in that game. Um, but what seems to be the story since really after the second game of the season, um, you know Sorokin kind of you know held a minute, especially in the overtime period. He made an absolutely ridiculous save in overtime. That was ridiculous. The yeah. closing seconds. I, that was when I texted you guys in the group and I asked you if he made that save and that was unbelievable. I was, um, it's, you know, I guess it's, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be shocked anymore. Cause like the way he goes into the splits and how agile he is, it's, you know, it's becoming more of a reoccurring theme. Um, but they, they should have won that game. I mean, they really dominated the third period. Um, you know, again, Chara kind of, you know, handled misplay to play pretty badly um and you know but that's hockey Some, sometimes one play can can lead to results how a game ends but um fortunately you know Forsberg put on a fantastic move in the shootout he's one of you know in the and nothing you could really do about that you got to tip your hat to to a creative player when they make a move like that to score um but the Islanders couldn't get the job done in the shootout but um yeah you know you're absolutely right the, the schedule has been weird you know they 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 shut out Vegas and then they didn't play for six days. They play the Predators, and now they're off for another five. And it's like, you you know, especially for a goalie, I think you can ask any goalie, like, not play, you know, when you have those breaks, you, it takes away from your rhythm and, like, how you're feeling. 
Um, you know, Sorokin was coming off two shutouts, and then he has, doesn't play for six six games. I mean, this goes for the whole roster, but I think this type of break affects the goalies most because goalies like to get into a rhythm when they play. They like to feel the puck. Um, and right now, they're not playing enough, and I, I think that can negatively affect the team personally because as much as they're probably happy about – getting to go home during these breaks and see their family, spend time with their kids. Um, you know, that, that stuff that means a lot to players, but at the same time on the hockey side of things, I'm sure they don't like it because it, it affects your rhythm that you're into, especially so early in the season when you're only what five, six, seven games into the season and you're already getting breaks like this. It's harder. It's not like they've played, you know, 55 games already and they had a break for, you know, 10 days or so. So this early in the season, it, it, it's a little more magnified when you have these breaks. And um, again, you know, it's it's a it's a wacky schedule. Um, and as I said before, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with you know 13 game road trip. You know, they feel they figure if you leave these guys on the road for that whole duration, 13 games, you're talking a little over a month without seeing your family. You know, without without seeing without seeing your kids and stuff. So. I guess they feel um, they felt that, you know, at least let them have some time off. So in between, they could fly home and actually be at home and then go back out on the road. But yeah, uh, I, I think uh, I think it's I think it's a hard thing. And I think I think it affects them negatively again for that whole rhythm aspect. You're not you're, you know, you're playing one game, then you're off again. So um, but thankfully, after this after this game against Montreal, it goes back into a more. Um, rhythm schedule from here on out every other day every two days and then obviously the road trip ends and they're at home so um yeah tough little thing they got to kind of battle through right now but um what's not lost in it is that they're three oh and two um since those first two games um so that's good um but i think they would like to play more often to get to keep those good feelings going well just before i give it over to Philk. I have to say, just everybody remember when you're 43 or 44 years old, your life is basically over, right? So, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> oh, God, thank God I have a few years before I hit that. But um, I don't. <laughs> I, I'm already there. I said that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, honestly – it, their their start to this season beckons me two questions. One that I think I can answer right off the top of my head, and the other which I'm going to defer to Anthony a little bit for because I, I think he's probably seeing the same things that I am in this regard. But the the first question is the the Nets got to be Sorokins now, right? Because I mean he's played too damn good to give it back to Varlamov, if you ask me. Which I, we're going to get into more in a second. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I can't even I can't even think of how you go back to him at this point. And the other one is, I think it's time to to stop giving Char the minutes, and I think it's time to start going to the kids. I just think he's just done. I I, I don't I don't see how you can continue to give this guy minutes and hope that you're going to get to a Stanley Cup final with him playing any type of significant minutes at this point. If he's your sixth and you're sheltering him, okay, fine. But you're he's really playing kind of like top four minutes right now, Anthony, right? I mean, yeah. she, in the last game against Nashville, uh, Trotz kind of lowered his minutes. But typically on a whole, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's playing a decent amount. Um, so it needs, it needs to change for sure. 
Yeah. Um, I just want to let you guys know, I passed Char about two hours ago when I got lunch. He was on the side of the road. There were a bunch of guys in hard hats. It was a cone. <laughs> so, granted, he's a seven- Are you sure that wasn't Jacob Truba? No. No, Truba did at move a little bit. Well, well was, it, was it a really tall cone or it was, was it a, a really shorter cone? cone? Because if it was the shorter one, it was Truba. <laughs> it was a really, really, really big cone. Before, but you, just... before, you, before you go to answer Philk's first question about, you know, it's got to be Sorokin going forward. The only thing I'll say is when Varlamov came off IR, um, you know, there's some speculation is, is Sorokin going to start against Nashville? Because if he didn't and Varlamov played, but next time for Sorokin could have started, which would have been tomorrow, that would have been like, you know, 11, that would have been like 12 days in between starts and you can't do that. And it's the same situation for Tomorrow night, if, if Varlamov starts tomorrow, when they play again against Winnipeg on Saturday, that would be a whole week since Sorokin started. And again, you can't you can't leave a guy, especially a goalie, seven days in between games, especially when he's when he's hot. Um, you know, Varlamov hasn't played yet this season, so it doesn't it doesn't matter at this yeah. point how long you go until he starts his first game. So exactly. I would say. I would say Sorokin has to start tomorrow. And then from there, being that the schedule is going to get back to normal, then you can give Verlamov his first start on, on Saturday. But it, for, as for tomorrow, it's got to be Sorokin. You can't go that long in between starts. Well, unfortunately, Anthony answered this question for me, which was going to be, when should Trotz reinsert Varlamov? But, but you know, you know, it's it's, it's okay. You, you, you just you're shortening the segment for us. No, that that works. I, I do have to go back to this on on this thing. If you actually took the two schedules, I think, and swapped them for the Rangers and the Islanders, it would have worked out a little bit better for both teams. Older teams, like you said, they want to be home. They want to be playing games. They don't want to be practicing. Younger teams need that practice time to develop. If they're on the road, then there is a little bit more chance for com- a camaraderie and stuff like that's that. That's a great point. And, and that's, that's one thing that what, that's what we do here. At Big Apple hockey. We make great points. It's just, <laughs> it's, it, 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 if you would have taken that and swapped that around, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a problem. Now, by the way, the Islanders still have 41 home games. Where did they have their best record last year? Home. At home. So that's one of the best home teams in the NHL. Like I said it last week, big advantage. And uh, although there are reported delays right now in UBS's construction there, um, I saw a story. I I can't confirm it at the moment about them asking for permission to play some games in Bridgeport if needed. It's a routine thing. This happens all the time. Hell, Madison Square Garden was getting completely redone when the Rangers were playing. So everybody just relax. And also I do need to show you this picture, Anthony, uh, since it'll, it'll make you happy. Just take a look at UBS arena. I gotta say, even as a Long Islander and a hockey fan, I I can't wait to see this arena. Yeah. Actually have an actual arena instead of, I mean, it would just be nice. To I, just, I, I like the fact that we're able to keep the Coliseum look, but everything just looks yeah. really, really good there. And and, and, it, and you got to remember the same the same guy that did climate pledge, uh, Tim Lewicki. He also yeah. UBS. So yeah. that arena yeah. is going to come out top notch. Yeah, I can't wait. Which I can't again, wait. I, I have to repeat to everybody: the Nashville Arena, Bridgestone Arena, that place was gorgeous. 
it's one of the best looking arenas I've seen in the NHL. Um, taking the Garden out of the mix because, of course, I'm going to be biased for the Garden. All right, but so what do you think about the Islanders uh, in their one game that they played this week? <laughs> so it's still it's still kind of just upsetting me. It's like, what are we going to talk about? Have you thought about the podcasters, NHL? Have you thought about the podcasters? Give us something here. Throw it all down in the comments below. <laughs> but I have to say, uh, last week, Ilya Sorokin was one of the hottest goaltenders in the league. And then the Rangers had a couple days off. I- I- Igor Sesterkin got beat up a little bit versus Calgary, and his numbers are still great. So here's the, but then Sister, uh, Sorokin gets his, or sorry, Sesterkin gets his first shutout against Columbus. Sorokin gets the loss against um, uh, uh, Nashville. But there's still this budding rivalry from these two BFFs. Now, I'm going to start with you, Anthony. Is a and the key word right there is friendly rivalry. Yeah. Is a friendly rivalry between those two uh, friends good for New York hockey? I mean, I think. I mean, if this was bar talk, I would I would buy everyone around on that one. Um, you know, I, I think I think it absolutely is. I mean, listen, they they both play for um, for New York teams. Uh, they obviously want to be the, the best goalie in the area. They want their team to be better than the other. Um, and I think the fact that their friends just kind of adds, you know, fuel to that fire. You know, they want, they want the bragging rights when they're hanging out in the summer, you know, in Russia, um, you know, they can, you know, little take little uh, jabs at each other about, you know, who had the better GAA or, you know, that, that kind of stuff or which team had the most success. So um, I think it absolutely is. I think, I think these two um, are going to be, at the top of the uh, top of the league as soon as possibly, you know, this year in a lot of the statistical categories, um, you, you see, you see the immense talent that they have um, very, I mean, different, very different goalies too. I think they play different styles and they have some similarities, but they also are very different. But um, you know, these are two guys that, you know, in the summertime, you see them in Russia, there's pictures of them together training, uh, from years back, there was like a, I, I'm pretty sure Phil's seen it. It was like a, a Twitter video of they were like somewhere in Russia and they were like singing like a boy band song together and like yeah. outside somewhere. Um, and, you know, and it's, it's, so it's good. It's good to see they have that bond. Um, you know, they, they came up with each other, you know, they, they played in a similar situation, Rangers Islanders, you know, they were, one was CSKA Moscow, the SKA Petersburg. They played against each other, two of the top teams in the league. Um, so you know, hopefully they can bring that to the NHL level this time. So, yeah, I, I think it's great that they're, that they're good friends. Um, I think it's going to push them both to, like I said earlier, to be better than the other uh, bragging rights. And, you know, again, the, these guys, maybe, maybe not this Olympics, cause you still have, you know, the Vaseline man, as I call him at the you know top of his game and a bounce back season from Bobrovsky, but maybe in the future going forward, these two guys can, you know, represent Russia, um, on the same roster. So, you know, I, I just want to say, cause I just turned around and went the Vaseline man. I'm like, is that a good, um, nickname to ever have? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but going, going over to Phil, because by the way, the hard part is at least you didn't just do uh, AV 88 or something like that. Because eventually when we get the Paul George, it's PG 13. One of the lamest nicknames there ever is. Phil, what do you think about the rivalry? Is it friendly, uh, good for the NHL, or good for New York hockey? 
I mean, the way that I think about it, and I think I posted this in the group text, is that it, it's sort of like Crosby and Ovechkin, but without the beef and without the grand scale that they're on. But it, 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 the media wants to make it into something more than it is, but it, it's really just two really good friends who came from the same place, the same age, same level of pedigree in terms of prospect status and are producing at the same exact level of the NHL right now. They both um, at every level they've ever played in. Uh, it, it's, it's great to see it. it honestly, it, it, um, Ilya Sorokin is going to be a pain in the Rangers ass for a very long time. I, I said that about John Tavares when I was literally at the Islanders draft party with Anthony, when they drafted him that day, I, I said, Tavares is going to be a pain in the ass for the Rangers for a long, long time. And Sorokin is going to be as well. And and likewise with Shesterkin to the Islanders. I mean, so you're in for a goaltending duel every time the two of them are going to be playing against each other. So, yeah, it, it's great for New York hockey. It, it, it really is. All right. So, but I'm going to actually go with the word friendly right there and reference a Sports Illustrated article as well before I get started. Uh, personally, do that. Reference a Sports Illustrated article. If you remember 15 years ago, there was an article in Sports Illustrated comparing DiMaggio, or sorry, Mantle, Mays, and Duke Snyder to Lundquist, Brodeur, and Rick DiPietro. And then Rick DiPietro blew out his hip and just let it into the Lundquist, Brodeur rivalry. The question I have right there is Lundqvist and Brodeur were not friendly, and that was still a great rivalry. Is it better when the rivals truly don't like each other, a la Crosby and Ovechkin, Lundqvist, Brodeur? You know what? The Crosby and Ovechkin one is a funny thing because I think their stances on each other drastically changed over the years. I know when they were younger and they were playing each other in the playoffs a lot, it was a lot different, but I think as they've gone gotten older, and I think Crosby's matured a bit. Uh, so is Ovechkin, and, and Ovechkin too. Yeah. That, you know, to that extent, uh, I, I would say that their stances on each other have definitely changed. I mean, even for a while, look at Ovechkin and Malkin were were not exactly big fans of each other for a bit there, and and that's changed as well. So, I mean, it, it, it's good. In a way that there is some real life heat, but like you want, you really want that heat in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, it doesn't need to be to the level of Red Wings and Avalanche in like the mid late nineties there, but you, you definitely want a competitive edge between the two. But I, I, I like that. I like that Ilya and Igor are are friends. I, I think it's a really good dynamic because I think knowing like like let's just say me and Anthony when when me and Anthony used to play each other in hockey. It was always like, you know what, more of the goal scorer. I was more of the playmaker and the defensive minded all around type guy. But Anthony was like, okay, let me let me channel my inner Ovechkin and let me score goals on this team. Meanwhile, I wanted to stop him from doing that. And I wanted to make sure that I hit him every chance that I could. <laughs> so, it, it, but it's good at the end of the day when you can go back and you can have a beer with somebody afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And also your friends can motivate you and drive you to want to do better Anthony. exactly yeah you know and like i said not, uh, to your point if it's if it's better to be friends or whatnot and I, I get the point if you don't if you don't like the other player you know maybe it gives you maybe it gives you extra motivation to to want to be better but at the same time these are two highly competitive guys you know that that have always played at a high level 
um, and always have been, you know, one of the best in whatever league they've been in. Um, so the fact that they're the fact that they're friends, I don't think that affects that. I think based on being that they're highly competitive, that they're still going to want to be better than the other person, even though they're they're good friends. So, um, you know, I, I think, like I said, I, I think it's good for both teams. Um, and I also think it's good for the game of hockey overall, you know, overall in New York. It's a storyline that, you know, hopefully you have for kind of, um, you know, many, many years to, to come. And I don't see that changing in any way. I think both guys are, are going to be with their respective teams for a long time. But um, I think this is the first season where it's going to take off. I mean, based on Sorokin's play early in the year, I, I don't see how in good conscience, uh, you know, Trotz could still have Varlamov play the majority of the games. Um, you know, because it's undeniable now from what you've seen from him that, you know, he should be the guy. And I think, you know, we are going to see that this year. Um, Here's and, something you know, to think about with that. When was the last time two Nor- uh, two Vezina finalists came out of the same division? I Well, last yeah. year you had uh, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and uh, Philip Grubauer. Hmm. Yeah, that is true. But um, that is a good that is a good that. point. Wait. Colorado. Yeah. Colorado Grubauer and Marc Andre Fleury. Fleury won right. it. Grubauer was a finalist. Yeah, Grubauer was a finalist and Fleury won it. And when, yeah. the, when was the last time before that, though? It might be a while before that. Now, on the other hand, I mean, I know when they went to four post lockout, Lundquist was in there and Brodeur won it. Brodeur uh, won it in 2007, and Lundqvist was the second runner-up that year. Yeah. Uh, the one that I can't believe – there's two years with Lundqvist, just to say. I can't believe that he wasn't nominated for Vezina or, or didn't win it at all. 2010, he wasn't nominated. He had 10 shutouts, and he carried the team on his back and the microscopic goals against in the month of March. And the other power. one was uh, 2013 – they gave it to Bobrovsky instead of Lundqvist, even though Lundqvist was still carrying the Rangers at that time. Colorado's in the Colorado's in the Central and Vegas in the Pacific. Last year they're in the same division. Oh, all right, yeah, yeah, all right. That, I was gonna. That's why I was throwing <laughs> for Lupa first. I'm like, wait a second, they're on the same division, but yeah. So technicality, yeah. And and by the way, there are great examples of other friendly rivalries in sports. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson comes to mind, and of course. Uh, Peyton and Eli, don't forget, 2006, Peyton won his first Super Bowl. Eli responded by beating the only undefeated team in the Super Bowl. That was 18-0, not 17-0, because that was the Miami Dolphins. That's I, I do know that I'm a Dolphins fan. So just although I, I almost quit on them if they would have gotten Giants to Sean Watson. But yeah, no, I should have stayed a Giant fan. And if uh, I quit the, on the Dolphins, I'll go back to the Giants if I care ah. about football still. But fortunately, hockey's a better sport anyway. <laughs> Guys, if you could think of any other good rivalries, throw it down in the comments below. We're actually going fast and furious today. And uh, don't forget to leave us a like as well, because we're going to go Brody. over and do some power rankings. Thank you. Wow. Thank Brody, you very thank much. Thank you very Brody. much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very, you much. very much. And you know something? We appreciate it. That's why it's another thing to mention. We are doing the first bar meetup. Uh, you can see it coming across the sticker right now. It's going to be hopefully as, uh, as many people as we can jam in there and all to watch the Rangers and the Islanders on November 28th. 
I would love to do it on the 24th, but that's Thanksgiving Eve. I'm a bartender. <laughs> I already know what we're in for. Um, but we are anticipating having uh, some, well, obviously some beer specials. Unfortunately, can't do anything on food right now because of economics. If you don't know about it, food prices are all going through the roof. Soon the uh, dollar menu will still be a $5 menu. So um, uh, also, but we are going to have some giveaways that day and very likely a 50-50. So can't wait to start seeing you like you guys in person. Guys, girls, everyone. So, come bring it all down, and uh, come it's going to be a great time. So come on down, and we're going to move on to our next segment because we're going to do before we do our bar talk, we're going to do some power rankings, and let's just hide that because Mark has too much time on his hands. So of course, you know there was an intro. More power. You underestimate my power. So, guys, welcome back to the Big Apple Hockey Power Rankings, where we're going to go through the Metro Division today, talking about our what we're, we're seeing from the teams and which teams we're ranking uh, from the worst to the best. And the guy that's going to be narrating his list today, John Haddis, is back in uh, September when we first did it. This was actually, by the way, the original list where we ranked everything. Oh, yeah, that's, that was what we ranked back in September. So I'll show you guys the differences right now. And uh, it's going to be the ones I'm going to read off. And these guys are going to grimace as I do that. So starting with the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think we're all going to have them at number eight. They yep. uh, they beat Tampa and on opening night, and ugh, they have – not looked great, except for against the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> and now Sidney um, Crosby is going into COVID protocol. That yeah. was other news I was about to divulge. Who, who else went into COVID protocol on them? There's another Carter, guy. Dumoulin. Carter, Dumoulin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's going to be yeah. pretty bad. Uh, at number seven, I have the Columbus Blue Jackets. They've played very well, but I think they've been overachieving a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's it it's starting to kind of fall off the rails. Although I hope Elvis Merz, uh, Elvis Merzlikens ends up winning the Vesna as he promised to do in honor mm -hmm. of his fallen teammate. I have actually liked what I've seen out of the New Jersey Devils so far, and the Devils, when Jack Hughes was in, looked pretty good. They're doing this right now without Hughes and Kenzie Blackwood, so. By the way, uh, I've said this before. Great thing about getting older, random burps. <laughs> Where the hell did that just come from? So <laughs> it's uh, so I, I like what I've seen with the Devils so far. The next three you can almost put in any other order. Uh, I went with the Philadelphia Flyers at number five. I wasn't exactly that impressed with them. Carter Hart is rebounding in that process. Martin Jones had a couple of really good starts, but we also know Martin Jones, and that's going to goes south pretty quickly at number four the new york rangers they've looked good in spots uh that's just what the eye test tells you and as we said in our um original uh segment before it's they've had their moments their offense isn't exactly producing right now. They're still under about two goals a game. They need to get that on track. I put the Islanders at three, even though there's fewer games. The Islanders have just looked more solid. And 
Uh, Ilya Sorokin's been carrying them. By the way, that's also the story of the Rangers as well, carried by a Russian goaltender. The Washington Capitals are at number two. Again, they're, they're uh, all these teams are over 500. And the funny part is sometimes you're looking at them going, I'm not that impressed. I don't, I don't know. And then, of course, <laughs> the only unbeaten team left in the NHL, the Carolina Hurricanes, who have looked incredible. And I, I still I, I still just don't know what to make out of their goaltending situation. Freddie Anderson has turned back the clock to 2015, back when he was with the Anaheim Ducks. And I'm going to bring us back to our three spot right there and also show you what we all think about everything. There we go. There's my list on the left. Filk is on the middle and Anthony on the right. And you can see we all kind of disagreed on the Islanders, Rangers, Flyers the most. Uh, the Blue Jackets and the Devils. But uh, we all, all of us had the Capitals and the Hurricanes at number one. So, Filk, uh, what did you see with the Flyers that you ranked them a little bit higher? Just a more consistent team. Um, I, I got to give them a lot of credit for beating Edmonton. Uh, they beat Boston, who really isn't all that great. Uh, I mean, and, and they got another win against Seattle. They they lost to Vancouver in the shootout. Uh, uh, but they got wrecked against Calgary for nothing. And they, lo- and they beat Arizona, who they should beat because Arizona's winless for a reason, because they're a dumpster fire. But, I mean, overall, I, I just – in their wins – they look a, like a convincingly better team than when they win than the Rangers. The only thing that I've liked about the Rangers was their, or their only convincing win, I should say, was the win against Columbus. Otherwise, the Rangers' wins haven't really been all that convincing to me. So that's why I ranked them where I did. Okay. And Anthony? So I kind of attacked my list at, at two thoughts in mind. Like, one, proof-wise, like, points, technical, and mm-hmm. then two, other circumstances. Because, like, you know, sure, the, you know, the Islanders are real only ahead of Pittsburgh right now, but, you know, they've barely played. Um, and they're, you know, they're 3-0-2 in the, in the last five. And, you know, they're a team that, you know, is expected to possibly go all the way. And I think when they get going, they will. But at the same time, you still have to give credit to teams that are playing good in the right now, like the Rangers. I had to, I had to rank ahead of them just based on their play so far. Um, you know, the Flyers, uh, like teams like the Blue Jackets, the Devils, they're they're gonna fall off. So you gotta mm-hmm. take that into consideration. Um, that's why I said you can't you can't strictly go by the standings and points wise because um, you know it's not really how this works. But um, ultimately, with the Flyers, similar to Philk, I, I I've thought that they've been a little more consistent. Uh, the thing I don't like about the Rangers is that you know, and Philk already said a lot of it. Um, they're not really their their play has been uninspiring, even in some of their wins, just due to Shesterkin's you know ungodly play. Um, but you know they're going to get tested here in these next couple of games. They're good. They're going to start playing some good teams. You know they're not they're not going to play the Seattle Kraken and you know the Ottawa Senators and so we'll we'll really see how they stack up once they play the Oilers, um, you know, and the Panthers. But for right now, you got to give them you got to give them your due. That's why I put them I put them where they did. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I think if we do this power ranking, come I don't know 
January, I think it will look I think it will look a lot different. Yeah. Well, the next time we do the division, that's you. So be ready. You're the one that's going to have to read it off. Uh, and uh, we're eventually going to get to the top five in the league as well. Uh, I just want to just address one comment, by the way. For the money, Truba is a disaster. Somewhat right. Could always be Eric Carlson, who's somewhat playing better right now. I mean, that's just yeah, he has. I can see that uh, in there. He has can, can we get can we get the meme of the do not want dog where the dog is just running away like that? that <laughs> that's, that's my thoughts about Eric Carlson. Yeah. You know, he's so, playing better this season than he's played in a while. I'll give him that. That contract is still just disastrous. That that count that contract is an albatross. And in case if you haven't read the rhyme of the ancient mariner, listen to the Iron Maiden song, which paraphrases it very nicely. Yes. So, all right, guys, what do you think about our rankings? Uh, I'm going to give you one last look at them right now, and uh, that you can see the way that we had them all set up. Basically, Honestly. the Rangers in the three-four slot, uh, the Flyers in the, again three-four-five. You could always just put them anywhere you want. Would you? make some adjustments or are we completely off on anybody why do we put carolina number one they're only unbeaten and with a goal differential of plus 15 right now yikes so uh throw it all down in the comments below we're gonna do some bar talk because there's a lot more news especially with vitaly kratsov coming and where are you you monster i'm gonna take a shot on this one I'm gonna say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh my god! Bill Burr, by the way, has this great sketch about. Oh wait, Phil, what'd you see? No, I was just looking how at my how fat my face looked in those videos. The <laughs> by the way, if you guys don't know this, if you're listening to this or just haven't noticed a perspective on anything, Phil has lost a chunk of weight. And we've noticed. Yeah. We actually we we gave, we gave him that nice compliments. We also yeah. asked him whether or not he got a tapeworm, but he said no. So uh, <laughs> how, how much you down? Phil? Explanation: a whole, whole bunch of uh, cocaine would probably do that too, but <laughs> and crystal meth would probably do it even better. But <laughs> my um, teeth are good, so no meth is being used. Okay? Yeah, there you go. Uh, how much you down? Uh between I would say about somewhere between forty-two to forty-five pounds now. That's Yikes. Awesome. Wow. That's amazing. That's Thank amazing. I mean, I, I, I get happy when I lose uh, two pant sizes. That's about <laughs> it. Because I, I, I fluctuate, especially beginning of the year. And then, like right now, I'm in my fat phase. Uh, I, I'm already back at the gym trying to get that all working again. Everybody, thank you for joining us for the Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we gauge our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. And there's a nice pure hockey, uh, a pure hockey water bottle. You know, that's not a sponsor. We could always use sponsors. No. Please, we need money. <laughs> pure hockey. If you're if you're listening, please. But if so, if you're confident about something, you want to buy everybody around. If you're not that confident, oh, I just need a shot. And if you're just okay, I'll have a beer. So we're gonna start with some of the news that was made today. Vitaly Kratsov has been loaned to Tractor. And his loan signals the end of his time as a New York Ranger. Mr. Filkowski, I go to you. 
We are buying rounds. If this was only some vodka with this, we would have Red Bull and vodkas for everybody. But yeah, um, I'm buying around on this. It's just, he's done. He's done. And you know what the sad part is? You have a team with an anemic offense that needs right wing depth, especially after you traded your best right winger away for a bottom six winger. And don't get me wrong. I practice nuance. So I love Sammy Blaze so far, but I still hate the Butchnevich trade because you could have gotten Sammy Blaze for a prospect and a third round pick or something else. So yeah, um, this team start for offense. They mishandled yet another top 10 pick. And now he doesn't want to play for them. He's done after, especially after Gerard Gallant reached out. What was it about a month back or so? and stated that he uh, tried to get Vitaly Kravtsov to rejoin the team. Could it, You could have had your guy come in. Uh, out There's probably a 0.001% chance that he rejoins the Rangers. So I'm buying around here. Anthony? Um, so Oliver Wallstrom looks pretty good right now, huh? You <laughs> son um, of a bitch. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny when he, when he scored that goal against Nashville. When you said what a shot that was, I'm like, this is just going to probably grind the gears of a lot of Ranger fans who just. Do you want me to 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 go over there and punch you? Is that what you're <laughs> looking for right now? Um, Book will jump I, right I, in the car and drive out there. <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go round. I I know with you know today's comments, you know, kind of you know PC type of comments and you know whatnot. They said the right things, kind of left the door open, but. Um, I see it going the way of Elias Anderson. You get loaned out, eventually get traded. Um, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, co- whether it come the the trade deadline, where maybe the Rangers are in it and they, you know, they want to get some scoring, they use him as a piece, or in the summertime they move him. Um, I think it's it's just inevitable. But in the meantime, this at least al- this move allows him to at least play, um, you know, in the second best league in the world. I guess you could say. Um, and hopefully, you know, he produces and maybe that kind of ups his trade value and interest even more. But um, I would I would be shocked if he ever plays a game for the Rangers. You know, I want to buy around just to be just to agree and say, I don't I'd be shocked if he plays. But I'm going to go beer. And the reason why I'm going to do that, I'm going to get a nice big one that covers Anthony's face and mine. Uh, I'm going to use this for an example. Where's Vladimir Tarasenko playing right now? St. Louis. He's still on St. Louis, even though he asked for a trade, he vehemently wanted out. Sometimes these situations, I know you're, you're sighing, Phil, but I sometimes these situations have a way of fixing themselves. If he goes through the KHL season, let's say this is a possibility. He goes through the KHL season. The Rangers really need help on the right wing. They then bring him over. They guarantee him a spot. They put him on the right wing on a better line than Brett Howden and who gives a rat's ass. And by the way, also <laughs> Brett Howden, um, and the, and the Rangers actually get him and he flourishes. Then you just save the entire thing. It's not likely going to happen. I don't see it happening. And it's, uh, it's, it's very, very, yeah, very there's a possibility, but you got to remember they've played games with him twice now and you have a general manager who lets his emotions get in the way of doing business. So there's an obvious ax to grind at this point. And he's, and yes, Ariana brings up a, a, a good one. Drew and was another example for Tampa. And yeah, and how they got Sergachev out of that. 
Stephen and Tyler talked about that on Wardy yesterday. So yeah. um, I would tell you right now, yes, it is possible. But when you have an organization that doesn't know how to handle personalities like this one does, that personality, that, that chance is very, very slim. I would say microscopic at best. Well, by the way, and you just mentioned who talked about it? Steven and Tyler. Yeah, it dropped the end and it, you know. No, I said read emotions. <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, awesome. no, I was going that direction with the joke. So there you go. So more um, bad jokes from Mark, everybody. <laughs> so on the topic of I feel like punching Gordy Clark in the face right now, the Rangers should move on from Philip Heedle. Actually, I'm going to go Anthony first. Um, I'm going to go beer. Um, I, I think uh, I think that it might be a little too early, but uh, I think uh, it, the, the frustrating part is he has he has offensive skill. He has the stick handling ability. He has the puck skills. Um, I just don't know if he's going to do enough to where he could be responsible enough to be that prototypical third line center. I, I don't. I think. For him to flourish, he has to be, you know, at least the number two center. And on the Rangers, I mean, that's not happening this year with Zibanejad and Strom. Um, but again, he, he's a, he's another guy that I could see the Rangers moving uh, at some point, whether it be in the summer or whether I mentioned Kraftsoff, maybe the trade deadline. There's there's someone available, um, and they dangle Heedle as one of the pieces. Um, but I don't I don't think they have to at any point. They don't have a gun to their head there. Um, but I, I think he is a prime candidate. If they wanted to upgrade the roster, I think he's a guy that could be used to do so. But um, I don't think it's anything pressing to where it could be something that they you know, have at the forefront here and they're actively trying to do. Um, but I, I could see it happening at some point. Uh, I'm going to jump in right on top of that, what uh, Ariana saying. Uh, everything I liked about Filipino when I first saw him playing, I, I don't see anymore. I don't see the decisiveness. I don't see, I still see the skill skills there and we know he's raw. He's a project, but I think he's probably a wing. Um, he, I thought he was going to develop more into like David Krejci. He's not. And it, does he have the toughness to be the Rangers third line center? Or can they elevate him to second line center? Because it seems like every time they try to do it, it's not happening. <laughs> because the, the the Rangers also got another problem because uh, there's a bit of a donut hole at the se- the, the uh, second line center too. So we're, uh, we're that's a different day to talk about him. But Filk, oh sorry, beer was what I was saying. Filk, I'm gonna go with a beer on this one too because I. I, I, I'm with Ariana. I, I think that he he doesn't have a future as a center. And it, this team has problems at the wing. And obviously, Barkley Goodrow does not belong in a top six role. I don't care what line he's on. So would it be an idea to have Barkley Goodrow as a third-line center with Alexi Lafreniere and Sammy Blay and then have Philip Hedl play wing with Chris Crotter and Mika Zibanejad. Because whatever's going on with these guys, they need another guy who can handle the puck and drive the play a little bit. Philip Hedl could be that guy. I had another suggestion, which I think we'll get into in a little bit. You have a tweet on that from me, by the way. Um, but 
from the outside, but I think if there's anything that needs to be done, I think Filipino needs to go to the wing in that spot and Barkley Goudreau needs to, to get the hell out of the top six because he's an offensive black hole and can't be there. So uh, beer here. Well, I should have brought this up during the Rangers thing, but we'll bring it up right now. And this was the tweet from a uh, Mr. John Falkowski that if this keeps up, the Rangers should be calling Arizona about Phil Kessel sooner than you think. You cannot have zero production from your right wings. And as clear as day that he makes advantage that needs another play driver. I could have had Phil read this, but instead I started reading it and I really am just an idiot. So Phil, Phil finish that, I, that thought. It's just the, Phil Kessel just makes a lot of sense. Team needs an experienced right winger who can skate, who can handle the puck, who can shoot. Uh, I know a lot of people are not going to be happy about that because, oh, well, he's Mr. Hot Dog and he doesn't play defense <laughs> and so on. And I, I think that, one, he's going to cost nothing because he's a 34-year-old unrestricted free agent to be. Um, is he going to be the same player that he was in Pittsburgh? Probably not. But if he's a guy that could come in and score, you know, 20, 25 goals for this team for the rest of the year and then – you know, give you a, a, a 50 to 60 point pace and be just something that could help me because of Benajad out on that line, then is it really that big of a deal to, to give it a shot considering that you really don't have a whole lot of, whole lot of internal options? Good point. And yes, I think Arizona is going to deal him way before the trade deadline. Here's my question for you. Does it matter that he's another right-handed shot? I don't think it does really all at this point because here, here, here's the issue. Chris Kreider's a, a left-handed shot on the left wing. I, I mean, he's not a one-timer type guy. Phil no. Kessel's also not a one-timer type guy. The only guy that's really a one-timer guy on that line is me. Yeah. We just need another player that can come in and help facilitate any bit and take a little bit of the load <laughs> off of Zibanejad's shoulders. And I know that some people will say, oh, well, the analytics say that he's not really good at that. Well, do the analytics also tell you that Arizona is a walking tire fire <laughs> where guys like Clayton Keller have been awful since his rookie year and that nobody's on that team anymore, that Connor Garland's gone, Christian Dvorak's gone, Christian Fisher hasn't lived up to anything. That well, 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 this is where I got to stop you because I'm going to need you to keep that energy for about five segments, uh, five topics after this. <laughs> so, so store that energy. If it's Metroid dread, you're pressing down in order to do that. Um, because we got to go back to Mr. Anthony LaRocca right now. And the Islanders stop and start schedule will make it difficult for this team to get in a routine. Go. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to go with a round. Um, I think it's not prime. Like I said earlier, I, I think, I think it's good in the aspect of the players personally. They, you know, they get to go home and, you know, see their kids and their family. Um, a lot of the Islander players, older guys, they have kids and they have, you know, families and stuff. So that part's good. But um, so early in the season, again, you know, it's like I mentioned earlier, you know, it's not like they played, you know, 50 games halfway into the season and they get this break, you know, they just started. So as it is, they're starting to feel their legs and get going and, um, when you have long breaks like that, I, I think it definitely affects your your rhythm and your ability to really get to the top of your game faster. 
Um, you know, the good part is, you know, this is really this is really the end of it. Um, you know, after this to, today, they finally play Montreal tomorrow, and then they have a back to back with Winnipeg and uh, Minnesota on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so, like I said, it is ending, but I think uh, it has hindered them. On the flip side of that, they are still managed to be three zero and two in the last five games. So hopefully. They can, you know, keep that momentum going into Montreal and take advantage of a bad team and, you know, beat them. And and then just from there, you know, take off, finish out the road trip and then come home to some home cooking. And that arena is on the 20th is going to be unbelievable. So, um, like I said, it's towards the end of it, but I, I think it's definitely affected their, you know, their kind of mojo, if you will. Phil. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm buying around on this because of the fact that you, when you play for a coach like Barry Trotz, who's demanding very X's and O's oriented, major attention to detail, you need to be playing. It, it, like Anthony said earlier on, it, it's pra- – and you even made the point, like an older team wants to be playing games, not practicing. And a younger team like the mm-hmm. Rangers could use the practice. Yeah, with the Islanders, they need to be playing games. And with Barry Trotz, you want your players to be in that mode and to to be fighting the fight every day. And that's when the Islanders start to play their best hockey is when they start getting those consistent reps in those games and getting into their system. And everybody's bought in and everybody's back in midseason form. So, yeah, you you definitely need to be playing a lot more games than not. So I'm buying around on this. Um, I'm going to buy around on this too. And I'm just going to change gears as well because the gears I'm changing to, we're focusing on right now. And yes, I made the point about that. They would rather be playing games and seeing their families. I'm going to go past this road trip for them because you like the month of December because every Thursday night, the Islanders, there's five Thursdays, by the way, in December, the Islanders have a home game. We'll be figuring out which one of those we're going to go to soon. Uh, the Then you have January where they're jam-packed with, with – with, I mean, the most they have off in January in one shot is two days. Then they go to the Olympic break. So then there's 17 days off. And presumably, Pelik, Varlamov, um, uh, Matthew Barzell, maybe Anders Lee. That's the, the, there's a bunch of the guys that are going to go. So the rest of the team ain't going to be skating. And then mm-hmm. in March, again, they have one three-day off period. And then they uh, they don't see four days off in a row until April. So there's, yeah. their, their schedule is jam-packed post-Olympic break. That's not what you need for an older team. So the good thing is they know how to handle it. They got one of the best coaches in the league. And they already have that planned. So... Uh, it, it's, it's going to make it difficult, but they can, but again, they're all veterans. They've all been through this before. Obviously Zach Parise, Zidane Chara, all these other guys. So it's a, it's a good point that Ariana makes there. I yeah. mean, and I, 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 I really do think it can. Um, the, the other thing that I would, that would work against this theory would be if the Islanders went out and actually got themselves another capable top four defenseman. So if you if you could do that, that would go a long way towards helping them. Lou's got to work on that. I don't know who would really be available at this point. Matias Elkholm, like I said, would have been the perfect target for them. But and now he's, he's not. He's off the market. But we really don't know who else is available as of right now. But 
that could change in, you know, in a couple of months at least. So. All right. So that's our thoughts on the Rangers and the Islanders in our bar talk segment. You got other topics you want to ever throw in there, throw them down below. We'll talk about them. And also um, just, what do you think? Stop and start, start and stop, stop and start schedule. Vitaly Kratzoff going back to track there or, and he's done with the Rangers or, and, or they should say, they should they say, say, they should say goodbye to Philip I don't understand what's going on in my brain right now. So what's right. wrong with this Medulla Oblongata? <laughs> <laughs> I got to put that clip on there. So now we're going to go around the league, and it seems like every single week we do this, everybody, but I've got to throw a, the, another team on there. The Las Vegas Golden Knights are in serious trouble. I will start this one off, and I'm going to buy everybody. Holy sh- I'm going to buy everybody around and put some money on uh, double zero on, on roulette. It's they're, Uh-oh, Mark is they, going they're just – they don't look good. Uh, it, they're they're missing uh, Stone and Pacioretty. Uh This is it's it's year four hundred Pete DeBoer. That's usually the year he gets fired, and his teams look terrible. I mean, I'd have to double check and make sure on the, the coaching rank, uh, his coaching stats. And it's the, I've seen this from Pete DeBoer teams. This happens. It somebody correct me that I'm wrong. But also, by the way, if they if they get Jack Eichel, then they're not getting uh, an, another center or him back until probably post Olympics. And like th- this team is in serious trouble, and they're a Stanley Cup contender. Phil, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna only go beer here just because they are missing some guys, and they're going to get some guys back, but. The center position has just been such an Achilles heel for them for a long time. It depends on how long these guys are also out for. But if you're Kevin Adams, you have to be licking your chops right now because it's really narrowed down between two teams for Jack Eichel and one of them are the Las Vegas Golden Knights who had Brett friggin' Howden playing number one center for them for I think like five to ten minutes last night and they were like, nah, we're done with this. So you know, you know that the the panic mode on pulling a uh, pulling up a deal for Jack Eichel is probably raising like it's kind of raising slowly but steadily at this point. So yeah, the, Vegas they they are in some trouble. I'd imagine they're going to get some guys back, but oh man, that center position is just awful depth there. Yeah. Ooh. Oh my goodness, oh. Anthony. Um. I mean, William Carlson's out four to six weeks, and that you know that's that's it. that that's one of their top centers. Um, so I, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna go with with Philk and I'm gonna go Beer um, as well. Uh, but I, I don't. It, it's it is teetering. It is teetering to being in serious trouble. The only yeah. thing is, again, it it is it is still early. Um, you know, they they will get. I would assuming they're going to get Stone and Patrick back maybe in the next, you know, two to three weeks. Um, so if they could just, you know, kind of hold on here and, you know, play 500 hockey or, or somehow maybe a little better, um, you know, I think they'll be all right. Um, and then there's the Eichel, the Eichel, uh, you know, looming over the situation. I, I know it was just said the other day that it, apparently a deal was supposed to be like at the one yard line and, you know, yep. things were getting close. Um 
So it seems like there is a lot of uh, a lot of smoke with that, you know, with that fire there. Um, and it's just a matter of it's, is it going to be the Knights or the Flames. But again, even if they do get Eichel, they're not going to have him in the lineup right away. And they're going to have to give some assets up to get him, which you would think make their team even weaker. So I'm curious to see how that's all going to play out. But um, I guess if you look big picture, Stone healthy, Pacioretty healthy, William Carlson healthy. You know, Alex Tuck, but maybe he's a guy that goes back the other way. But and then you add Jack Eichel to that mix. That could be that's a what the doctor team. ordered. Yeah, yeah, that's what the doctor ordered. Although, so, let me just say this: as I've said, I think the last couple months. Tell me when Jack Eichel's traded. I don't want to hear any more about it. And the worst part is the person that has to sometimes hear it is me because I got to say the words out of my mouth because he's a damn news story. So thank you. Thank you, Jack. This isn't, this isn't even, this isn't even your fault sometimes now. It's just, it should, should have been traded the day before the draft. All parties would have been satisfied. So anyway, the Carolina Hurricanes have silenced their doubters. Anthony. I mean, I, I question the moves they made in goal because uh, I thought Nedeljkovic, um, you know, obviously it's he was coming off a Calder finalist season um, and then getting, you know, Freddie Anderson, who I thought was kind of just in, in Toronto. I, I don't really I didn't really buy into the whole, you know, people talk about how he's this legitimate starting goaltender. I really wasn't there. And then Anthony Ronta, who was kind of eh, so I thought they took a downgrade there and I thought they took a downgrade in their defense a little bit. But um so, yeah, I guess – I mean, yeah, I guess I got to go round. I mean, it's their start has been incredible. Freddie Anderson has been good. Um, you know, D'Angelo has, has produced for them. Um, and then, obviously, you you know, Aho and Taravainen and, and Svechnikov, all those guys have been good. We all know what their offense can do. Um, so, yeah, I guess you got to give it the due. Um, my thing is just to see how, how they hold up throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, I, I still am not like totally sold on, on Freddie Anderson, but you know, maybe he proves me wrong, but, uh, there's, I mean, listen, there's no, either way, there's no doubt there. I think they're either going to be one or two in this division. So that, that, that's, that's really a fact. Um, but they have been a lot better than I thought they would have been. So I'm, I'm going to give them their due. Um, and I'm going <laughs> to stay around. All right. Phil. I'm going to say shot. Because okay. it's 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 early, it's 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 a great start, and we we all expected them to make the playoffs. We all had them as a top three team in the division. They pro, I mean, if, if this continues, yeah, it, you know, talk to me when it, it's the playoffs though, and they are knocked out in the first or second round yet again because of the fact that their goaltending still can't get it done and their defense come playoff time just isn't good enough to play against better teams. Uh, they'll score and they'll win games against bad teams in the regular season and and even and even some better teams. But again, it's regular season hockey. This club was criticized for making the moves they made and then especially with their moves in net because they needed a goaltender to get them over the hump and I'm still not convinced that Come playoff time, it'll happen. So I'm shot. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta agree with you. Shot. And I posed this question, and I really wanted to go with beer or even around. But here's the truth: Freddie Anderson's due for his yearly injury. 
<laughs> he's he's due for getting worn down because he's and he's playing a lot. I forgot who their backup uh, their backup uh, goalie is. Anti Ranta. Anti Ranta. Thank you. All right. Anti Ranta is a picture of health as well. So, <laughs> I mean, once you start losing goaltenders, then everything else falls. So we'll see about that. But there, look, Rod Brindamore's doing a great job. But again, they're about an injury or two away to just being an also rand. So we'll see about that. Uh, going to a coach that's doing a really good job right now. And I think he's done a good job since last year. Don Granado will be a Jack Adams finalist when this season is over. Filk? I'm going to say shot. Okay. And I, I can't – I think that he should get a lot of recognition if they finish with, I would say, more than 60 to 65 points because that roster is really not that good. And if you look at the standings right now, Buffalo is third in their division. And yes, they're five, three and one in in nine games. And that that's, it's still an early start. And I don't, I don't think this is going to last. I really don't. And it's a nice little story for Buffalo for them to be winning without Jack Eichel and all the stuff that happened with that clown show of a circus, um, you know, throughout the off season with Adams and Eichel and all that other crap. But I just don't see it sting. I don't. And eventually other teams are going to start to come in. They're going to play more Western teams. They're going to play better teams that are probably going to put a little bit of a beating on them. But I've got to give Don Granado a lot of credit because that team comes to fight every damn game. And good for him for doing that. But I, I don't think he's going to be a finalist. I do think he'll get votes, but not a finalist. So shot. Anthony. Shot, um, you know they're 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 having success. They're having success now, um, and if that continued throughout the whole year, then yeah, he would get votes and maybe even be a finalist. But um, I, I don't think this is going to last for you know that much longer. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're 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 like this, you know, this surprise run in their formidable team. But I just can't see it lasting that long. Um, and because of that, uh, you know, despite a good start, the guy's not going to be a Jack Adams finalist, you know, that was coaching a bad team. So, um, you know, to, again, talk to me in, you know, February or March, and they're still playing at this level, then my answer changes drastically. Um, but right now, um, no shot, but I will give him credit. You know, he, he has the Sabres ready to play every game, um, and they're playing hard and, you know, good for Sabre fans because I know, it was the butt of the joke pretty much the whole off season. And it's nice oh. to see them have some success early on. Um, I just don't think it's going to last long enough. Yeah. And by the way, Mike, you're right about that. Shameless self-promotion is something uh, that I got to really get better at. I want to hear, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to do that, but I mean, I have, I put all the graphics in there later. I'm going to go beer guys. And the reason why I'm going to grow with that is because I'm going to think shades of Roger Nielsen in 1994 when he had an expansion team with the Florida Panthers. Uh, if he can get to an 80 point team, I know Phil said it at 65, <laughs> 65 is still not that good, but if he can get to 80 points, that's a different story. And I think there, um, I, I think he would get more recognition on that, that roster it's it's not made for long-term success or wins and he's right now getting it so 
And by the way, Anthony, you want to talk about the being the butt of the joke? One of my favorite ones was that the New York Mets were going to win a game before the Buffalo Sabres. That's yeah. what I threw out there last year. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and they won the day before opening day in baseball. Yep. So, and then the Mets got COVID and they didn't play the first one anyway. All right. From, from the Buffalo Sabres to a team with loftier goals than them, Andrew Burnett can lead Florida to their lofty goals this season. I originally had the word Stanley Cup in there, but let's face it, as much as we all think Florida is going to be very good, Stanley Cup is still a lot to ex- expect from this year. Um, uh, okay, uh, Anthony, go ahead. Can Brunette do this this year? And consider the job that he's got. He's got a team that's really good, but also dealing with some controversy. Uh, Mark, I think you can lead them to their lofty goals this year if you were behind the bench. <laughs> Um, they got, they got a really talented roster. Um, you know, it's, it's, so yeah, Quenville was, it was a really good coach, but I don't think, you know, with Andrew Burnett behind the bench that they're all of a sudden going to take a, you know, nosedive. I think they're, I think they're going to challenge Tampa Bay for the division. Um, I mean, I ultimately think they win it, but, um, they're going to, listen, they're going to be a really good team. You know, they're, they're for real. Um, Yeah the drop off from Quenville to Burnett significant, but again, um, I, you know, I don't think it's going to matter too much. They have too much talent on this roster, you know, Barkov, Huberdo, you know, Verhage, you know, Sam Bennett's been a new player, you know, Sam, Sam Reinhardt, you know, Sam Reinhardt, yeah. Yeah. Bobrovsky's back on the top of his game. Um, you know, Spencer Knights is real formidable in goal. You know, Lundell has been great for them before he got hurt. Um, the list goes on and on. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is easy. It's a round. Um, I think ultimately maybe do they look for a more permanent replacement? Sure, but I think as time goes on, if they keep winning, they may give Andrew Burnett a real look to be to take the interim tag off of him if they keep having success. For those of you that weren't listening, Anthony believes so much in that answer, he shook his camera three times So <laughs> as he hit his hand on his desk. Philk. <laughs> Andrew Burnett had worn a letter, I believe, on two or three different teams that he played on. Uh, that That's a man who was a leader in his day as a player. And I, I think with everything that's going on with Quenville and the fact that they're still playing very well despite all of it, goes to show you that he has a grasp on how to keep his players focused on the tasks at hand. And to me, yeah, I mean, you're, you're pretty much you, – you knew my answer from what I was saying. But yes, I am buying around on this because that roster is beyond talented. Anthony pointed out all the things. And one other thing I'm going to say in regards to Florida's roster is that if they go out and get one, one proven top four defender by the deadline, that looks like a legitimate Stanley Cup threat. That looks like a favorite to win it all if they get a top four defender. So, yes, I'm buying around. And there's lots of, you know what? You guys are actually convincing me to say round, but I'm still going to stick with beer just for the sake of saying beer because you're going from, regardless of what's going on, one of the guys with one of the greatest coaching records of all time. Such a contrarian. To a rookie coach on his first team. Now, if this happened later in the year, let's say this happened in January or so, I'm on board. Lots of guys have gotten their first coaching opportunity and won a Stanley Cup or replaced one. I'm going to give you a name, not a, not a rookie coach at that time, 
but I'm going to give you a name. Why did you start to make? I don't, I don't know why you did that. That was I mean, I, that was an accident. Okay. Oh, well, Anthony, there you go. But I'm going to give you a name for a guy that came in midseason and ended up winning it all. Larry Robinson. Actually, it wasn't even midseason. It was later. It was later in the season. He came in, and that was after Robbie Fatorik threw the bench onto the ice and then got fired. Yeah. And what does he do? Comes in and wins the damn Stanley Cup and then takes the Devils to the Game 7 of the finals the next year against the Avalanche. And Patrick Waugh just was Patrick Waugh, and they won. The, and I have Avalanche won, but I'm looking at Larry Robinson. By the way, who was on that Colorado team that year? Ray Bork. Who else more specifically Rob, right now? Rob Blake. Chris Drury. I was trying Chris to get that. Drury, yeah. Chris Drury yeah. was, yes. Yes. But, um, but, yeah, there's lots of cases where that that's happened. So it can happen. I'm not as confident on that. But still, like I said, the last guy I think that came in late, uh, and he was even later, was was uh, Dan Bowsma. But if Brunette, you know what? You guys are right. Brunette's, he's been through teams like Minnesota, Ward A with them. Uh, believe he had it when he was with Colorado as well, and it's he's the guy's a leader. So hopefully they can they can do this for him. Andrew Burnett's a good, he was a good player. He was, yeah, yeah he was like guy one year. So the one reason why I told Phil he had to save his energy when we was talking about that Coyotes before was because the Coyotes <laughs> will get fifty points. To put this in perspective, we're ten games in, they got one. I'll start with Anthony. I mean, what was it? The 2016, 2017 series um, season, Colorado had what? 48 points. Yeah. Oh God. They were awful. So they, they, they were really, really bad. And that's uh, with Nate McKinnon. I think, I think Arizona is going to be that bad. I really do. Um, you know, Shane Gostaspear, all right? Shane Gostaspear leads the team in points. So, you know, it's – it's that that's bad. He's got five points. He's got five points, and that leads the team. I mean, they – they I, I'm seeing the same thing you are, Phil, but I'm just, I'm just powering through. <laughs> um, Whoa, yeah. They, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Ant. I don't mean they, to. But, uh, they, they, they're the bad. Case, they're bad. They got, their goaltending is bad. Carter Hutton's bad. Um, although that guy, Karel, Karel Vizamilka, or however you pronounce his last name, he's got like a 922 save percentage, but yet he's 0-6. So he's been good, but this team's bad. Um, Keller, K- Kessel's going to be gone. Louis Erickson, Andrew Ladd, I mean, get out of here. Give me a break. Um, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go shot on this. For a second, I thought I had to be by around, but no, no, it's shot. It's definitely shot. They're not getting to 50. Uh, Phil, I'm going to let you take a, a lot of this away, so I'm going to be as quick as possible. They ain't getting 50. I'm going to leave that shot guy up there. It, it, it's it's just, it, you, you, I feel bad for everyone in that situation, but you know what? Hopefully the NHL doesn't screw them, and they give them Shane Wright, and then they can rebuild this franchise because – I know if Arizona is probably going to be my future destination soon, I would like to at least still have a hockey team out there and not in Houston. Okay. I give it over to you, Phil. So yeah, like Anthony is saying, Shane Gossespear leads the team with five points in 10 games. Their next three scores are Phil Kessel, 
with a goal and three assists. Lawson Krause with two goals and two assists. And Clayton Keller, who was once rookie of the year material, three goals and an assist. Those are your top four scorers. And then your next two tied for fifth, Johan Larson with three assists and Christian Fisher with two goals and an assist. This team is bad. This team is historical levels of bad. Like we're we're going to approach like the inaugural Washington Capitals nine and then nineteen ninety three Ottawa Senators levels of bad with this team. And Vamelka, like Anthony said, has been solid in net for them, despite how bad the roster in front of him actually is. But holy shit, this team is just awful. Anthony, was he the guy that played the Islanders? Yeah, he was in goal against the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, he was good, but he also let in yeah. a couple goals. Like he needed, he there were saves that they needed to get, yeah. and he let those in. But I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying no. that that is what happened. Yeah, I, I I don't see any way that this team can get more than than 50 points, 50 points or more. I, I just I don't I don't see it at all. I don't see where the offense comes from. I know Jacob Chikrin had a big year. But if, if you look at Jacob Chikrin's numbers from last year, he led the league in goals by defenseman with 18. And I believe the shooting percentage, I'm trying to pull this up now, just with all the stuff that I have open right now, just loading. Anthony, well, as he pulls that up, what's Phil's favorite stat? What? Shooting percentage. Shooting percentage. Yeah. He, he, shot at a ten, he shot at a 10.2 shooting percentage. Do you know how hard that is to get a double-digit shooting percentage as a defenseman? As a defenseman. As a defenseman. And then to keep it up over a a period of 56 games last year and then into this year, there's no way that that's going to sustain. It's it's not. It's just completely unsustainable. And you're not going to get that same type of offensive production, even points-wise, out of Jacob Schicker. And if you look at his numbers right now, he's got – Zero points in 10 games is a minus 16. And plus minus is not really a stat that I would use. to Not, to not, not for this season, not with him. Not, no, but minus 16. And, and it just goes to show you how bad this is just is for this franchise in general. And, and the fans, I feel bad for the fans. They, they were, I mean, it was a fluke run for them to be in that bubble in the playoffs the, the plane and yeah, and they got smacked in it, but it just, everything has just gone so far downhill since then. And John Chaka screwed them so bad with losing the picks and, and, and getting a whole bunch of first round picks this year really, really helps. And like you said, Shane Wright would go a long, long way for Arizona. They need him desperately. So well, we got, we got one more, uh, one more topic. And yeah. we're just going to have a very brief, uh, honest press conference as well. And uh, then we're going to do an editorial and then write the Q&A. So this one's going to be brief. But Brad Aldrich should also lose his Stanley Cup rings. I'm already going to buy everybody around and say he not only should be in prison, but every time somebody sees him on the street, he should be kicked in the nuts. Anyone. Uh, buying everybody everywhere rounds because not only should it hit, yeah, he not only should the name have been removed from the cup as it was today, 
But you're right. That man should be in prison and should rot in there for the rest of his life. So, yeah, um, I'm all for kicking him in the nuts publicly because somehow he won't go to prison for all this. So, yeah, every time he's seen in the street, I'm okay with him getting tied up and everybody going by and getting a free kick in the nuts on him. And is it a cool question? I mean, around. I mean, the guy, the guy was a predator. Um, you know, he, he he really should be in jail for for a very long time. Um, he doesn't deserve Stanley Cup rings. Um, you know, I, I, I people like that, they just they're just scum of the earth, and um, there's no place in society for him. Um, now, by the way, his name was removed from the cup, but they X'd out, which they have to actually stamp yeah. on X's on top of everything. So it's, yeah, it's a good thing his name was removed, but it shouldn't have been on there in the first place, as we could have all alluded to before. Yeah. 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 That, that that also leads to a topic on everything else above my pay grade. Oh, look, Phil got better looking too. Okay. All right. Can we uh can we just quickly um address that uh that tweet that Kevin Weeks sent? Oh, what 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 tweet is this? Did you see the comment? It so he's he's saying that from what he from what he understands is that the the flames um have uh have a potential offer or on the table of of Matthew Kachuk going going to Buffalo um, a first round pick a former first round pick wherever that is and two prospects um, and I mean let me tell you we've all bashed Kevin Adams and and this and that but if he pulls if he pulls Matthew Matthew Kachuk in this deal and then and then gets gets a first and whoever those other prospects are you know a former first round pick i mean that that would be a huge win i mean i, I would i would have to i would have to go get some crow sit back down and i would have to and i would have to just eat it because um i wouldn't think he'd be able to get a player like matthew kachuk in, in return for for jack eichel um, as as far as far as that former first round pick, if you scan the roster, maybe on cap friendly, could that be Yuso Valamaki, first round pick a couple of years ago? Um, but I mean, damn that that would be that would be a really that would be a really good deal for for Buffalo, and I, I don't see how Vegas would I don't see how Vegas would top that because I mean, would Monahan would probably have to go back the other way, or, or actually, well, no, Chuck would be the salary, but. I mean, I, I I I guess now because they're around the same age, and Kachuk is going to cost more than the seven million. I don't think he's worth much more than the seven million right now, Matthew Kachuk. But I, I just I I don't get why Calgary is looking to do this when Calgary is playing well, and uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I like that deal for for Calgary. I like it for Buffalo a lot. I tell you that, but I do not like that for Calgary. And no yeah, either, I like those draft picks either for Calgary, uh, for for Buffalo. I, mean, I want a little bit more. I mean, if if they're talking about Matthew Kachuk, a former first round pick and an upcoming first round pick, Valamaki makes a ton of sense. 
the other, I mean, any other first rounders that I could think of on this roster, there, there really isn't right now other than Monahan. But I mean, if you sent Kachuk and Monahan to Buffalo for Eichel, that would be, that would be a tremendous overpayment too. I mean, I don't, I don't see that. I mean, you, the, then you're talking something else other than Eichel would have to go to Calgary if it was both of them, which I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. Again, it's, it's it's the problem is trying to trade Jack Eichel is what is his value? You would know what his value is if he had back surgery already that's, and was playing in, games. That's incredible value though if they if they got Matthew Kachuk and a first round pick. And okay, prospects. but what if but but what if Calgary Ooh, wants to Pelletier? Yeah, yeah, that'd be that somebody could be, that could be a good one, Chris T. I mean, but what if what if Calgary wants to know if they're gonna get a bad bill of goods? You test drive a car before you buy it. You wouldn't get a, a ten million dollar a year center for the next five years for without checking on them. I mean, mm. that's what all these teams are gonna have to do. So again, we're still miles away from the Jack Eichel situation being settled. I don't see how Vegas tops that though, unless I mean, because who who would they Crab? offer that? That's what you got to put in Krebs. Yeah, but I think Kachuk at this point is more valuable than Krebs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot more valuable. I just oh. don't know if I like a winger over to replace my franchise center. That's another yeah. thing I don't know. If yeah. that happens, if that uh, happens man, uh, I, you know. Yeah, how's, how's that working out for Columbus? So, <sighs> it's, it's, it's what I, I'll go back to that one. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. It's a very good point. So, guys, everybody, thank you very much for joining us on the Bar Talk. Do you think Carolina silenced their critics? Speaking about Buffalo, Don Granato, Jack Adams, are they going to be mentioned in the same sentence? Andrew Burnett leading the Florida Panthers and Coyotes, 50 points? Nah, 49. So put it all down in the comments below. And, you know, we haven't had one of these in a while. We want to do a quick one. We're going to do an honest press conference. Connor, can you give me your sense of kind of where, where the group is at? Once again, my teammates come up short. Now, by the way, just in that video clip where you can notice Mr. John Volkowski lost some weight with that. Wow. You know what? You brought it up and now I can really see it. All right. So, everybody, welcome to Honest Press Conferences, where we say what the players or executives really want to say. And there is only going to be one honest press conference as I'm going to have to buy some time because Phil uh, turned off his camera for a minute. By the way, just as a reminder, we're doing our first ever bar meetup. It's going to be in Hicksville at Timeout Cafe. That'll be on November 28th where the New York Rangers will take on the New York Islanders. And it's going to be a fun atmosphere. A lot of smack talk. Hopefully a lot of shots. Come on down. We're going to be doing uh, giveaways, raffles, and it's going to be a great time. It's always going to be great to meet everybody face-to-face. But we have to go with our press conference, and that is Mr. John Volkowski as Vitaly Kratsov. So I've been jerked around again for the second time by this team. And I don't know if anybody saw Mr. Staples' article, but Arthur kind of hit it on the head of the nail. I was uh, berated 
by my now general manager, who was then the assistant general manager, Chris Drury, uh, in front of the team. Uh, I told them I didn't want to go down to Hartford and make pennies to the dollar as to what I would be making in the NHL and, and, and play for them. I already had a problem with Chris Knobloch down there. Um, and I, I really don't care for playing in this organization anymore. That's why I have my tractor Chelyabinsk jersey on right now because I don't care for the Rangers anymore. I'm done with this garbage. This organization doesn't know how to handle personalities. You know what? You guys need offense. You could have had me, but now I'm going to go play for tractor again because you guys screwed that up big time. You had a chance, and I could have came in and I could have helped, but no, you decided that you wanted to play a fringe NHLer and Dryden Hunt over me. You decided that you wanted to protect Libor Hayek, who isn't even a top four AHL level defenseman. But uh, yeah, so you're you, you screwed it all up again, and now you're going to have to live with me being gone. You'll probably get maybe a second round pick at best, just like you did for Leah Sanderson. And I'll go on and I'll go and play really good hockey for another team that'll actually uh, that'll actually take the time to develop me the right way. And I'll show this organization that they were stupid for mishandling me the way that they did. Questions, anybody? Uh, yes, I'm hitting it. Okay, Anthony. So, Vitalium, when the Rangers made the trade of uh, Pavel, Pavel, to send Pavel Trusnevich to the St. Louis Blues, um, did that, in your mind, kind of solidify the belief that you were definitely going to be playing up on the big club this season? Well, it wasn't just that. It was also the fact that they told me not to go to rookie camp. And why would you tell a player like myself to not go to rookie camp when, you know, the idea was that I was going to have to actually fight for a spot. And uh, listen, I'm not saying that I, I'm I'm perfect or anything like that. There were some uh, rumors about my conditioning, which was it baseless, unfounded. I actually was playing through an injury through uh, training camp and 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 the preseason, and I still put up more points than guys like Dryden Hunt, who you can obviously see is not an NHL level player. Julian Gauthier, who some people try to say outplayed me, but that's that's wrong. That's a crock of crap. And others that are on that roster. This is the second time this has happened. And for all the people that want to say things like, oh, well, uh, you would have been the first call. Well, why is Julian Gauthier not playing? And why is Greg McKegg playing right now instead of Julian Gauthier? Why was Michael Haley on an NHL roster over me two years ago? Why was Brendan Smith at forward on an NHL roster when he's a defenseman on an NHL roster two years ago over me? Obviously, there's a disconnect. And guys like Larry Brooks and Molly Walker, they're they're employed by the New York Post. And the New York Post for years has been basically used as a kind of like a manipulation tool of the media for the organization for years. And I, I think you guys should all know this by now because Larry tends to have a little fun sometimes at our expense. But um, he also tends to negotiate through the media for the team. Not that anybody knows how that works or anything like that, apparently. But, um, yeah, 
we're, we're Arthur Staple comes out and exposes the entire organization for, for being a bunch of children and, and the general manager for not knowing how to put his emotions aside. So yeah, I, I don't really care for these games anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I, I've had it. I've reached my limit. You had your chance. And I, I thought you would have learned from last time, but no, they, they wanted to spite me and they wanted to just send me back to somewhere where I wasn't happy with being. And there's more to it. Maybe one day I'll put out a book and I'll tell you about how bad things are in the AHL so that that way uh, we could have another scandal on our hands exposed. I'm, I'm sure the NHL would, would love that, especially after everything that's happened with the Blackhawks. So by the way, Mike, it's like the hunt for out October. We could have just zoomed in with Phil speaking Russian and then come back and he's speaking English. Vitaly, I have to ask you this one. Um, do you think you kind of went back to Russia a little bit too early? Because if you could have waited, start just skated on your own, team could have called you back up. I you just answered the first call up, as we said. I just before. answered that though. I just answered that though. It's it's the same thing as it was with the previous coach. Okay, then let where me, do you want? Where where is a place you'd like to go? Anywhere but here at this point. That's kind of why my agent Darren Milstein came out and said that about what three four weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. I, I I told him I would play in the AHL for almost any other team than the Rangers at this point. So why are I, I that argument about the whole next man up thing? It, it's crap. It's garbage. Stop perpetuating it because it's not real. It's not real at all. And if it was real, then maybe someone else with some skill would have been called up as opposed to a fringe NHL player like Greg McKegg, who's more vanilla than Brett Howden. Can we? Can we, yeah. can we stop right. at the lies now? All right. Well, hopefully this all works out, Vitaly, and we see you back in March. Yeah, the Rangers can go uh, take a nice long walk off of a short pier for all I care. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thanks. Thank you. The, well, that was Vitaly Kratzoff, or coming through Philk's mouth. Actually, wait, that's bad phrasing. Uh, that was Yeah, Vitaly we might want to try that again. <laughs> that was Vitaly Kratzoff's words going out of Philk. And um, we, we want to, it's great to do an honest press conference again. We got to get more of these in there. Uh, but how do you think the Vitaly Kratzoff saga is all going to end? Throw it down in the comments below, guys. And don't forget to leave us a like. Um, does anybody have any other editorials but me? All right. No. I'll try to make it quick. It's something you guys are all going to like, and then we're going to do some Q&A. So um, let's do an on the mark. This prediction that's right up here. Uh, being single most of my life. Or just yell at Larry Brooks like every other New York Ranger. <laughs> so on top of working uh, just a ton of hours recently, I have been able to enjoy myself when I'm not working on this podcast, this channel, and uh, working at, at the bar that I work at, I picked up Metroid Dread. And it has been phenomenal. It has been a renaissance. And it's, it's so great when you give something back to the fans that they want to see and, and just experience all over again. 
And that's what brings me to NHL hockey. And you might know it as the NHL series. I don't remember it as NHL hockey on the Sega Genesis, where my brother Dan showed me the uh, first advertisement for the video game that says, we're going to get this. We're going to have tournaments. It's going to be awesome. First game didn't even have any players' names. Then NHLPA came out. I had the players' names, but not the team, the team names. And then NHL 93 came out, and then we were able to finally get both. It's... It's been a love-hate relationship with EA, and I can't even recall the last time they put out a great game that you actually loved this game, and it, that I haven't, I didn't buy this year's, I didn't buy last year's. Uh, it, the Be a Pro has been stripped down. The franchise mode, they used to give you so much and have replay value, and then you bought the the, new, the next game because you needed the new rosters, but. Now, Hockey Ultimate Team, the threes, I mean, what am I really playing this game for now? It's the same move, same time. I know that they just put out the new one for PlayStation 5, and I can easily pick that one up with a Frostbite engine, but it's also got more bugs than a Chinese food restaurant. So I just, the team, the league needs to end their contract with EA Sports. And find some <clears throat> other sports, uh, other publishers that care about their games. Because when you give something to the fans, that they'll come back for more and more and more, as long as it's good. We're not taking mediocre garbage anymore. And you're starting to see that with the John Madden franchise. You're starting to see that with NHL, which was a better franchise than John Madden for the last 20 years. And now... I mean, I'm going to bring the guys in on this to talk about this right now. Guys, have you – what was the last NHL you played? Um, Your volume, I think, is low, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm having – like, I can hear you, but, like, Anthony comes in super loud for whatever reason, and then I, I, I don't know what, why – Yeah, when you, when you were – when you were talking – um. I was reading the comments, and a lot of people were saying they can't, they can't hear you. All right, it's very low. Everybody hear me now? Yeah, you guys hearing me? Good. Oh, I can hear you, but it's it's very, it's faint. This is weird. Yeah, I, I can don't... hear. I can hear you. I can. It's not a matter. Of I can't hear you. I can hear you. It's just, it's low. It's very low. Yeah. I, we we can hear you. It's just like Anthony said, very very okay, low. How about this? Can you guys hear me a little bit better now? No, it's the same. same. Fuck happened. All right. Well, I'm gonna. So we're coming in low. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know what's going on there. Test test test. Yeah, that's really low. All right, I'm just gonna switch to the the um. I'm gonna switch to this right now. Is that still low? It's still low, but it's a little higher. Yeah, it's All a right. little higher. All right. Well, I'm going through the camera right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brody. Brody pointed out a good a good point, and Sean, after you did the um, after you did the on the mark video, like, you know, everything just went down. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. All right. It's uh, weird. So anyway, I'll, I'll raise up the volume on it. But uh, guys, so going back to NHL, when was the last one that you owned? Last year's. Yeah, I had twenty. I had twenty-one, but the last one I bought before twenty-one, and I only bought twenty-one out of sheer boredom. I don't really even play it that much, to tell you the truth. But the the last one I bought before that that I actually played a lot of was fourteen. After fourteen, they're just terrible. Fifteen was bad. Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I feel like sixteen through like twenty was uh, sixteen through twenty-one is basically the same game. I haven't played twenty two, so I can't. Yeah, really. I, I haven't played. I haven't played twenty twos only because, I mean, I, don't, I really, honestly, don't play. I rarely play video games anymore. But um, if I was gonna buy it, I mean, I would. I would just rather play it on the next gen platform, which obviously, as you know, it's like almost impossible to get a PS five or an Xbox right now. Um, yeah. I think Walmart recently had a restock on the PlayStation Five, but apparently, from what I understand, it was, they, it was like they were gone, like within like you know, a couple of minutes. It seemed like so. So may, maybe if I eventually pick up one of those uh, new systems, then maybe I'd get the game. But I, I haven't bought the current version. Uh, by the way, how am I coming in right now? Still pretty low. Still low, yeah. All right. It's it's. It's, it's just the in, the entire thing with EA as a company is just oh, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. They, they just went with money, 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 money. They went with the ultimate franchises, and they completely forsaken everything else. I mean, they had the Star Wars Battlefront and such. So it, it's, it's just... That they need to move on to another publisher, and basically what Electronic Arts used to be, as well, they're trying to put out the best product all the time. They're not doing that anymore. That's what's cool. Yeah, two K still made games that would help, but even two yeah. K's games weren't weren't nearly as good as EA's for the the longest time i would say yeah mark if you if you tried leaving and then rejoining maybe that would help yeah all right i'm gonna do that guys sorry yeah so but what is he doing mark is mark just left and uh he's gonna rejoin but all right how's that still kind of low still low Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what's what's happening right now with his thing. It's it's ridiculous, but the, the just the, the EA franchise is just bad. I gotta change your thing, Anthony. I'm sorry. It, I'm looking at it. Oh no, I can't do it. You'd have to do that. What his headshot? Yeah, his headshot. <laughs> yeah. Mark. So I uh, I yeah. Um I I don't understand how EA could get so well. Actually, I do understand how they could get so complacent and not really give a crap anymore because they continue to put out the literally the same game with one tweak yearly, and people still eat it up and eat it up and eat it up and buy it. Well, that's because that's, it's literally the only game out there. That's the issue. People people are still going to buy it. Like I don't know if you remember, Two um, K used to make hockey games, and then once they that's got it, it was the only option. EA. I mean. What, what really needs to happen is another platform developer needs to get back in the game 
and develop a hockey game because then that will push and give EA more motivation to really make their game the best. And right now they don't have that pressure. It's so funny because I draw the parallel to wrestling that AEW came along and now WWE, who has been putting out bad product for, I would say, three years now. I think the last the last time I was really invested in WWE's main card was 2017. Was was really was a good year for them on their yeah. main card on Raw and SmackDown. But AEW has come along and AEW is way better than WWE at this point. New Japan is way better than WWE at this point. And they're they're putting out great product. And now WWE needs to step their game up. But for some reason, they continue. Vince McMahon just doesn't care. But you're right. And there needs competition. Competition needs to come out and needs to be able to breed some sort of some sort of level of efficiency here because we're not getting anything from EA anymore from their NHL games. And I'm not going to buy NHL 22 because from what I'm hearing, it's the same exact game as 21. Yeah. I mean, it seems that way. That's what I hear too. But the only thing I know it's different is they brought back the frost, the, the frostbite engine. Um, so, you know, that, that might, uh, make some sort of a difference. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it anymore. Well, the frostbite engine supposed to be a lot better. Yeah, but it's... I, I've seen fun to the game, and the game looks the same exact way. Yeah. I don't understand what we're even supposed to, to do with the... It just, I guess I think Mark is um, rebooting his computer. So I guess so. Um, I yeah, mean, is there any, I, I, uh, any um, other uh, news from really around the league-wise? Not really, like player movement. It's all pretty stagnant right now still. Yeah, there's there's nothing else that's out there. Um, I'm trying to uh, see if there's anything more from Kevin Weeks. Maybe our friend Dave Panyota with anything. Uh, yeah, I, 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 still that offer from Calgary. I mean, that makes no sense for Buffalo's at for for Buffalo standpoint. I mean, uh, but you know, good for listen if, if they could get that, good for them. I mean, that would be an awesome that would be an awesome deal for Kevin Adams. Yeah, Dave Panyota's got nothing on uh, nothing else. I checked Elliot Friedman before. Um, I'm going to check him again to see if there's anything else. The one thing I'll, I'll say about uh, Kevin Weeks is usually, like when he tweets something, like it happens, like you know, within like almost like minutes, like after like uh, one of his tweets. Like if he tweets about like what he's hearing about a trade or any sort of thing, usually it happens pretty soon after. So we'll see. If something's actually close, yeah. Usually, um, so Mark coming? Did you text Mark to see if he's coming? Yeah, back? I'm back in. I'm, right, I'm on my back. cell phone right now. I, I I don't know what happened to my Yeti microphone, which was actually a studio microphone. So, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> 
Oh, I heard uh, I heard the commentary in the background from Anthony's microphone. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear it. What was it? It's a I want supper. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Yeah. Who do I think is the worst hockey insider? Yeah, yeah. Let's go on the Q and A, and then I think they're all. I think they're all. Pretty, everyone's pretty good. I mean, I know, you know. I would say Friedman's probably the top right now. Um, Pagnota's come a long way. I think. I, I think Sarah Valley's the best guy right now. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Valley's good. I, I could make a case for Sarah Valley and Friedman, but worst is hard. I mean, um, geez, uh, <clears throat> I can't really think of a. Me, the hard I, part about saying worst is we're trying to venture into them being colleagues, so it's hard to start ripping. But um, I mean, I mean, Eklund, but I wouldn't consider Eklund an insider at all. No, that's like I, I, that's like the definition of somebody that's that's bad. Everybody else is just really how connected. Eklund is a wannabe. He's yeah. uh, I, I, he had his moment with the Richards and Carter breaks because he had sources in Philly back then. But um, he's he's more of a wannabe than anything. I mean, Carpinello really irritated me on the summer to the point when it was after the golf outing that I had that I decided to um, do it, do a, a special because and I was half in the bag. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, but it was just how do you go and say that a player is going to be moved when there's little chance of that happening. The guy's got a no move clause, but whatever guys just want to make their news and then say, Hey, we're going to do this. Get these all back in the right orders. Uh, what we got? Do you guys see uh, rampage signed? It's really a nothing kind of signing. I don't, I don't really expect anything out of him. Yeah. And yeah, and Carp isn't really an insider. He's a journalist, like Bobby said. So yeah. Yeah, those are like individual beat writers for for specific teams. Like I wouldn't consider guys like Carp and Larry Brooks insiders. Yeah. Uh, Zach Jones might be getting a shot sooner than we think. I I think if you're still getting. Not much out of Nemeth and uh, Tenorti. You're going to need Jones. That, well, yeah, I think the Rangers should give him a chance. And um, I think he's better than Nemeth, better than Tenorti probably, or at least can't be any worse at this point. And it's the same way I feel about I feel about Robin Salo. Robin Salo should get his chance right now. The guy's playing very well in the AHL. He, he skates fast. He can move the puck. Um, it's time, but I don't know if the see the Rangers are in a bit of situation. Like Keandre Miller can pass through waivers, um, so they don't have to worry about how to get him up. On the flip side, the Islanders have to worry how to get Salo up because there's there's only one guy on the roster that's free to go down to Bridgeport that waivers, and that's Oliver Wallstrom, which clearly isn't happening. He's the best goal scorer, so um, to get him on the roster, you'd have to waive somebody. And you know how Big Lou is. Big Lou doesn't like to risk someone that he thinks. No, he does might. not. Obviously, guys like Leo Comar, Hickey, he has no problem waving them because he knows they're going to clear. But he's not 
he's not going to wave Kiefer Bellows because he's afraid of someone claiming him. He's not going to wave Sebastian Ajo because he's, I guess he's still afraid of someone claiming him, but you got to find a way to get Robin Salo up on the team. Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just don't think that I don't, I don't think you keep Keandre Miller in, in, in that, in that spot. The, 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 at the very least, the pairings have to change. If not, I would say send Keandre Miller down because he's just he's just been brutal. He really has, and he's not helping Jacob Truba out, and that, that pairing just doesn't belong. Patrick Nemeth is not lasting beyond this season. You could you could get a Patrick Nemeth-level defenseman for about $2 million less of what he makes, almost. Any, I would say $1.75 million less could get you a comparable defender, and you could save that against the cap. Uh, and so, yeah. Um, I answer this one. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no because you still you still need a, a really really good defenseman um, to be on your to be on your second pair. So th- th- there would be nothing but a good problem if Noah Dobson ascends ascends to his ceiling. Um, that'd be great to have Pelika Pollock on the top pair, and then you have a guy like Noah Dobson on the second pair. I mean, that would be like a that'd be a dream for the Islanders. And I think Noah Dobson will get there. Um, you know, defensemen come along more slowly and he has progressed. He's jumping into the play a little bit more, showing more of his offensive side. Um, and I think that he's going to be a very good defenseman. But as I said earlier, the Islanders right now have split up that pair of Pelican and Pollock because of the situation they have with Green and Chara, which you didn't see at all last year. But now this year, every game you see, you know, you see Pellick playing with Mayfield. You see Chara playing with Pollock. Um, so Trotz has had to adapt there. And that's what good coaches do. Good coaches adapt. Um, and that's exactly what he's doing. But I think if you see the Islanders acquire, let's say I'm just going to throw a name out there like Hampus Lindholm or someone of that ilk, I think he'll go back to his normal pairings. But for now, until they get a stronger left-handed shot defenseman to play on the second pair, you're going to see the mixed bag. Um, Andy, do you think the Islanders made a mistake getting rid of Gustafson? Um, no, because he is very flawed defensively. Um, yeah, he's good offensively, but I guess – well, two things. One, I think it was Dreger that said it or, or LeBron. Um, they couldn't come to terms on a contract because they didn't have the cap space. That's one. But then also, two, they felt that Noah Dobson can play on the power play and produce points. Um, and obviously they, they know what Ryan Pollock could bring on the power play. So I guess they felt that based on their cap situation and that Gustafin was shaky defensively, I think they ultimately made that right move. I will say this, Mark. It, let's say if Eric Gustafson was a lot better defensively and was and could still do what he does offensively, I think they would have found a way to make it work. But because he's suspect, I guess they figured let's not even worry about trying to shuffle the deck here and, and move more bodies. But um, – to that point, Mark, what I will say is if you look back to two years ago, the Islanders' left side defense depth chart was Pellick, Nick Letty, Devon Taves. I mean, that was yeah, that was incredible. That was incredible. Like, and now look, now it's on the left side, it's Pellick, Chara, and Green. So the last two years they took a hit on skill, speed, and talent on defense. 
Um, but you know, that's just the nature of the salary cap world, my friends. It's sad because if you were able to move Letty two years ago, you would still have Devin Taves. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's and that's the thing. That's why you couldn't sign Chris Kreider and Jacob Trouba to those contracts. Now you're gonna have to. You now there's a problem until they there's uh. Now there's a problem until they there are no movement clauses go off. Uh, you were hoping that that was gonna be a problem. 2023, not 2021. Um, yeah. I still think Jacob Trouba has got something something to give this organization. This guy didn't forget to learn how to uh, forget how to play. He's not a Greg DeVries. He's not a Stefan Catal. Um, trying to think of what other abominations we've had on defense. Wade Redden, obviously. Um Roman Hammerlick. <laughs> Actually, there's a long list of Rangers defensemen that just came to the Rangers and they weren't any good. Rick, by the way, that's uh, kind of a ongoing comment about Miller just taking the body. No, he doesn't. Um, and he doesn't. Kind of makes a it, it makes you think about the way Chris Kreider also doesn't enough. But yeah, then again, you look at what happens with Chris Kreider. He does hit somebody and then ends up being like the five-minute major in Ottawa with 10 seconds remaining, but still. I don't know if you're going to ever get Keandre Miller to be meaner or anything like that. It's just... Might not be his nature. It just some, some guys is not Tom Pody, Willie Huber, guys that had size that just ne- didn't use. Jay Bomeister was another one who didn't use his size nearly enough, and just. But um, I mean, this this is a good question here from Jack. Um, That's what I was going to click on too. Yeah, I've said this time and time again, and I said it in the live video for Fox. Um, you have to change up the configuration you have to have the off-wing one-timers on the other sides so panarin's got to be on the near side boards and then you got to have i would say lafreniere on the other side or caco boards or caco with the left-handed shot on the right side boards with the dueling one-timers you put me advantage in the bumper spot so he's in that dead space area in the middle slot area and then you have Adam Fox at the point, and then you could use maybe someone like Ryan Strom down low. But I, I – something's got to change. Something has to change at this power play because it's just – I know that they got a couple of power play goals last night. Vancouver, their last, I think, like four or five goals, I think the stat was, that were let up were all power play goals. So obviously Vancouver is having some penalty kill issues. So is this Ranger team going to be able to continue to score power play goals against better teams? I I don't believe so. Could be wrong, but yeah, I I don't I don't I just don't see it right now. It, I'm just, I'm gonna I'm gonna go also one step further with that and just say they had a situation last night 
where my my fandom screamed out, get him off this power play was um, Ryan Strom got into a situation where if he was a left-handed shot, that, that puck's gone. Instead, he was a right-handed shot, so he had to corral it, do move it around. It was on the it was in the closing minutes too, and Ryan Strom's got a goal and two assists this year. We they they don't have. Jorah Gallant is the coach now. You don't have to be loyal to this guy. And no. if that means the Rangers have to change their centers completely before the end of this season, after Mika Zibanejad, by all means, it looks like we're going to have to do that. Or the Rangers are going to have to do that. Uh, they're not paying. I, I mean, so I got to remember that. I'm starting to think that I would rather have Tomas Hurdle in this team going forward than Ryan Strom. And I would rather take the risk at this point of having someone like Hurdle maybe upsetting the chemistry with Panarin and Strom at this point because Ryan Strom just does not give you enough on the other side of the puck. He's not a face-off guy. It just it, – it, it, By the way, you don't want Stephen Satter, Phil? Enough. Ryan Strom is not a face-off guy. You just said it. 100% right. He's the Rangers' leader with 50%. That's not good. That's not good. That's not good. That's not good. And and he's just not a a, a, he's not a good defensive guy either. He really isn't. And often he takes bad penalties in the offensive zone. And he just often takes bad penalties. So, you know, and again, I made this joke the other day uh, because a friend of mine put up a picture of candy corn. I said, candy corn is the Ryan Strom of candy. It's just good enough for right now, and if it's there, okay. But you know you can do – No, candy corn is not even just good enough. It's horrible. It really is bad. It's just – no. Yeah. I mean, and some people like it, some people don't. So, I I so, no. I don't know of any other prospects that are disgruntled other than uh, Barrett Hayden, as you were mentioned before. Um. Maybe yes, music Kreider has usually has a home. Yeah, but hundred hits. Yeah, Kreider Kreider's hits are like quiet. Like they're not it's yeah, I I, I don't I don't trust Kreider. Even even a hundred is not all that much. Like it's just not. And I'm not saying that Kreider has to be the guy that's hitting every single thing that moves. But he's got to be more assertive. There are just games where he's just floating out there, not doing anything. And if he doesn't score, he's borderline useless at that at that point. So he's got a yeah. Because when I, he lays a hit, you know. Yeah, exactly. He bumps more than anything. He really doesn't hit hard. He bumps. But uh, going back to Christie's question, uh, would the Rangers have been better off giving Philip to know the deal that he got? I believe on our live stream said no. Uh, uh, your audio had cut out there for a little bit, but I, I, I get your reading, Matt. And I would say no. It didn't. I, I say far away from Philip Deneau because they're gonna they're overpaying for one fifty point season offensively. There, yeah, his defense is good and his faceoffs are good, and he can shut down other teams' top centers, but. That's that's a lot of AAB for a guy who really isn't all that good offensively. 
I would rather go and pay seven to eight million for Tomas Hurdle than than give Philip the six. Yeah. So the host has muted my mic. Why is my mic muting? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. I might have to call this one early soon. Yeah, I I think so too. Hold on. That might help. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to run it out of the Samsung. Sorry, I said the wrong thing. All right, suddenly I went completely dark. Uh you're yeah, I I hear you from the from the 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 black from the cell box. phone. Is, <laughs> is that the cell phone? The one that's, that's labeled not... Okay, so the the one that's with your full name and the at sign is the one that's definitely giving the audio. It's not the one that's up on the, the stream right now that's giving you the audio. I can tell you that. Because it's not that. the one with my face? No, it's not. All right, because it worked like that for a second, and then I changed something. All right. No, the other – the it, it says your microphone's muted on that one for some weird reason, but the way that your, your audio is working, it's not coming out at the same time as – that your lips are moving so the the audio and the video are all weird on this okay can you hear me now i heard that but your lips were moving at a different time from when i heard that from when i heard one thing like something's not right can you hear me on this i can hear you on that yes okay because that's kind of what happened with that uh, why is this doing this at the moment? Sorry about, sorry about, whoa. Oh, this is just one gigantic. Uh, sorry about throwing everybody through technical difficulties at the yeah, moment. This is just one gigantic technical difficulty day for us here. Sorry, guys. This is just. Right, I lost everything now. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think we're probably going to have to call this. Yeah, a uh, little bit of technical difficulties at the end, everybody. Sorry about that. Um, that I finally figured out what one of the problems was, but it was way after everything. So, okay, now you're back. Yeah, well, because I actually I figured out some of it, but of course, it's like a day late and a dollar short. Yeah. Yeah. No, Bobby, I, 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 I don't think Kreider hits at all. I'm sorry. And no, I'm not nuts. None of us are not nuts for thinking that Kreider is not overly physical. And you could talk about 100 hits and everything and whatever, but they're more like bumps than they actually are like full-on hits. And keep in mind, this is coming from uh, – Phil might have his critiques on Kreider – but I'm president of the Kreider fan club, and I, uh, I I think he could play a little bit more physical. It, I think I think generally a lot of Ranger fans would treat him or feel about him differently if he hit more like Ryan Callahan used to. So I don't expect uh, that, but I just I, I want 
I want consistent efforts from game to game. There are when if when he's at his best when he's flying around, when he's he when he's breathing down defenders necks and backs and, and really getting in on the four check and really disrupting things. So yeah, um I I'm I'm not a I'm not a fan of what I've seen from him and it, it it'll be soon enough he's going to go into the to the cold streak and we're going to have the discussions about him being a 6.5 million dollar albatross. I know it'll happen. Just give it time. I definitely think Rangers Twitter is going to do that. Uh, you know that I think he's still um, <laughs> worth the luck. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if uh, he'll have more luck dating than there. Uh, so <laughs> in the twilight zone. Thanks. Thanks guys. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. Um, I, I, I thought he's been better players since he's been going on the PK. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's been good on the PK and getting shorthanded chances. One thing I wish, one thing I wish Chris was able to do was have an actual deke. He doesn't have a deke move. It's either he's shooting on his forehand, or he and usually blocker side, or he's going to the deke and trying to go five hole. That's that's a little bit too predictable at times. And you get like the uh, the breakaway that he had Monday night. He or Sunday night, I should say. He uh, he he would have scored on that if if there was more tools in his arsenal. But I, some some Ranger fans want to complain about the guy getting twenty goals every single year, and I can't help but say, how many other players do you know that you could pencil in twenty goals right away? So it, there it, you go. It, it, it's not that they're pe- complaining about twenty goals; it's the fact that he just does not show up he'll get 20 of the he'll get like 10 of those goals in like it's what Chris T says right here in a 10 game span and then and that's the thing 2018-19 20 goals in the first 38 games of the season and the final 44 games eight eight he should yeah. have had 35 at least that and and that's the problem when you're not a puck dependent player. You got to go get the puck. That's what you got to do. And Ariana, thanks to you. Uh, if you watch Letter Kenny, uh, I'm going to edit this a little bit and, uh, you know, the part that wasn't technical difficulties and get where they're yelling at a guy because they hate the way he skates. So <laughs> get that one in there. Yeah. Boomtown. And, and, and you know what? If, if, if you don't. If you think he's not playing bad, that's fine. I'm going to disagree with you to every length because Chris Kreider having seven goals in 10 games playing the way that he has is probably the most Rangers thing ever. It, it which, really is. which will be a future T-shirt of us. That's so Rangers. Yeah. Uh, it just – it's you, – you talk about the numbers – and and sure, seven and ten is really good. You you take that any day of the week, and, and over you times that by eight. That's fifth. That's a fifty six goal pace over eighty, and I I understand that. But we know that's not happening, and we know he's going to go through a cold streak, and the efforts away from the puck, the rest of his game, have been terrible. They just haven't been good, and I. I I would implore you to find something that tells me that it's it's been good because it, it just I, I I don't see it. Now now Bobby again 
again, I'm president of the Chris Crowder fan club. And so you can disagree with Phil, you can disagree with me. So don't worry about that. Um, and still support your guy. Uh, I, I, I think he's shown flashes this year. I, I have not been as impressed with him as I was. Uh, take, for instance, two years ago when it, he was definitely going to be there. But, you know, when he was going to definitely score, he was definitely going to have his first 30-girl season. And then they started splitting him up to see about chemistry with other line mates. So it's a consistency thing. But, again, it's, pro- it's part of the thing when you're an, a, a guy that does not handle the puck. It's, it's a sheer fact. I mean, I could go into my game when my game was more consistent when I was always handling the puck or had somebody that always handled it for me and then got me when I was in open space. And then I got different line mates. It's thank you. Gunther yeah. Granny. Yes. Thank you, Granny. So once again, just to plug it yet again, we're going to be meeting up at timeout at Hicksville. It's a night game. It's a seven o'clock night game. Uh, we're going to get down the beer specials on, on that or the drink specials, but also we're going to do a live show from the place. I'm going to be experimenting to make sure that it's going to work and go off without a hitch. And, oh no. And Bobby, right. Kreider is not the problem with the team right now, but we are going to do two giveaways no. on autographed jerseys or other memorabilia, depending on what we decide to do. And also like do a 50, 50. We're still, ironing out exactly what it's going to be, but it's going to be a hell of a time. That's what matters. Yeah. And no, that contract, it it just, it's not good enough for a $6.5 million player. You've got to be more than just a guy that gets 20 goals, 20 goals and 15 of those from deflecting pucks in front of the net on a power play. By the way, Mike, welcome to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Mike. Cause I don't think I've seen you before on here either, but uh, you, you, you gotta, you gotta be better than that. And listen, I, I was against that contract because I knew why they did it, but I was against it because of the fact that he just didn't fit the timeline of a rebuild. By the time that they were going to be good again, it didn't make sense to have uh, a then probably 30, I would say, four-year-old winger or 33 or 34-year-old winger making $6.5 million until he's 35, 36 didn't make sense to me. And when you had Butch Navich and you had other options like Kravtsov and Kako in, in, in the wings. So um, not a fan. I, I don't like, um, I, I, I don't like the player. If the player gave me more then I, I would have no complaints. And again, I'm not saying he needs to score every game, but you need to give me more of an effort away from the puck. You need to, you need to show that you, you want it, and if you want a letter on your jersey, then uh, I'm I'm sorry, the that's the efforts aren't good enough for somebody who wants a letter on his jersey. Yeah, I would have to agree with that as well. Um, and again, I'm the guy that wants him to be captain and wants to name him captain. I liked the contract because you want to also be the one, the organization that says we reward people that have done that have been with us for a while and worked hard for us, and um. Uh, it, that's what's, that's, what's going to happen. So, uh, I, I liked it on that, on that level, Jesse, to answer this for you, I, I still felt the booch deal was inevitable. Um, I still think you have to make room for Kako. You got to f- see where he fits. Here's, here's an example. 
and that's um the Matt Duchesne trade seemed to open up a spot and flourish or let uh, Nate McKinnon flourish after that. And he became something great. That's what I thought the Buchnevich deal was going to do for either Kako Lafreniere or uh, Kratzoff. And here's, here's the difference, though. Nathan McKinnon as a rookie was a 60-point player. And what Nathan McKinnon was trying to do was trying to add on weight and, and, and size and trying mm. to adjust to his body in doing so. And that's why it took him three years at 15, 16, 17, where he went through that period of trying to add the size and the muscle while working on the speed, and that team was really bad. So that's why the results in those three years were not good for McKinnon. But when he finally found everything in 2018, that's when he took off. But the problem is, is that neither Lafreniere nor Kako showed 2014 levels of Nathan McKinnon. If they did, then okay, like you can make that deal at that point. But you can't move Pavel Butchnevich when you have zero right wing depth. Like it, it, it's Un- unless you're going to play Kako and uh, Kratzoff. Can't move him. Can't move him. Yeah, that's that. That's where I agree with everybody. I said this move was going to happen. It was inevitable, and it did. But you you can't have it where where it's. Your replacement, you're not even going to use them. Like, that's what I don't like about the Kratzoff situation. We can, and you did it in your honest press conferences, as I'm going to flip us back over so you're in your natural spot. Um, it's just, they didn't, you wrote it up. They didn't tell them to come to rookie camp. There, there were some promises that were made, and the Rangers fumbled this. Some of it now. I'm trying to remember our guy that always kind of. It trying to remember who ripped on Kratzoff out of our commenters. Rick, uh, the which one? Rick Manzone. Yeah, Rick. Okay, good. one of the worst I've seen. Well, yeah, he he tore him a new one. He, so he, yeah, but it's it's one of those that some of it does go on the player, but the organization had it has a responsibility in this there's lots of blame to go around the the number one thing i focused on out of all this was the freshest pair of eyes is gerard gallant's and he wasn't saying keep this guy on the team i was worried that, about that. worries me though because if if vitaly Kravtsov was was the answer to them and like i said with the first call-up thing if he was going to be the first call up, then why is Greg McKegg playing any games over Julian Gauthier? Greg yeah. McKegg has shown you already that he is nothing more than an AHL guy that should uh, – he shouldn't even be a 13th forward. He's not good. He's not a good player. He's vanilla. He's he's not he's not, not good. He's not good at all. And, and, and I, I've said this before, but Vitaly Kravtsov – was the closest thing in terms of style of play that this team had to Pavel Butchnevich. And now you can't even use, you can't even see if he could fit with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider because of the fact that you alienated him for the second time. So, yeah, that's where that's where the problem really, I think really comes in. The second time around, that's why I don't think he's coming back. No. Uh, there's an outside chance. There's an outside chance. That's about it. Um, I wouldn't even say outside. It's it's microscopic. And I got to say this. Uh, Ariana's kind of got a point about that. But I love what I've been seeing with the eye test out of, uh, out of Kako. 
it's only a matter of time until he starts getting more assists. He is so confident with the puck right now, John. Kako has not done anything since he's come back. He's he's not done anything since he's come back, and I know he's coming back from an injury, but uh, I I can't even begin to tell you how little I've seen from Capo Kako since he's come back. Phil, you got about an extra ten minutes. Uh yeah. Steven, come on on. I am going to be right back. Yep. So, I, I again, I think the eye test shows Kako's been playing well, but you know what? He, I mean, he just looks, he looks so confident with everything. Um, just holding the puck, finding other, finding, just finding guys. But I also kind of agree with everybody else. He's been okay. He, he, he needs to be better. But then again, you don't have to demand it right now out of a 20-year-old. The cup isn't the option. Um, and David, by the way, yes. Uh, I was, I'll text you about more details later. But yes, by all means. Um, oh, that's right. I'll send you the link right now, Steve. Sorry. I, I, I'm used to throwing everybody. <laughs> I'm used to having everybody signing in under my name. So in other words, I'll I'll have somebody that doesn't have my headshot. Um, Facebook. Sorry about that, air everybody. But uh, once again, once again, it's great to be doing this. There you go, Steve. All right, so I'm back. But I mean, and yeah, it just Kako has not done anything since he's come back. I'm sorry, he just hasn't. And okay. I, I mean, if if Mark is president of the Chris Crider fan club, then I, I I have to be president of the Capo Kako fan club because I, I've I've been so so. Oh oh, hello, sir. Oh hello. hello. <laughs> hello. 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 Uh, Steven will be checking us, uh, checking out our honest press conference that we've done with uh, Vitaly Kratsov. Right. But yeah, uh, you know, I guess I wasn't wrong two days ago. Who knew? Um, yeah, what can we say? Um, this is the best case scenario for both the player and the team. It, it is. It, it is. It's. It's. It, wait. What the hell just happened? I don't know. I didn't kick you off. I didn't, I didn't there's do no, anything. There's no censorship here. Just, no. No. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, no. Bobby, I don't. I don't think Nils has looked all that great. I think he had maybe one or two games where I thought he looked all right, but I don't think he's been good. Um, I still don't think that Tenorti should be playing any games over him, other than to punch Tom Wilson in the face, though. Tell okay. Right by now. the way, I have to address the elephant in the room. Uh, we have a celebrity on with us right now because not many other people get mentioned in Rangers uh, intermissions <laughs> or post-game shows. Uh, John and I certainly don't, but nope. Steve Valiquette was asking uh, Stat Boy Steven for help. I know. I, uh, stat minor. I have never been given homework at 3 a.m. in the morning. It's it, 
it was it was pretty cool actually, uh, and I was able to provide the stat for him. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm his lifeline now. I uh, changed my Twitter bio. I'm, I'm Valley's lifeline during the post game. <laughs> <stuff>. uh, <laughs> I actually came across him in person the other day, and I was talking to him. I'm actually trying to get him to come uh, have beers with us at Stout. Ah, uh, I definitely want to meet him because. I've, I've spoken to him in DMs a couple of times about meeting up when I'm in New York again, but then someone in China decided to eat a bat. So, that's yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But, uh, I, I hope I hope that we just didn't get our first YouTube strike. Thank you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Suddenly we have a four-man panel on Wardy. So it's. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Look, look, the Krofsov thing, it's it's the best the best outcome after the situation escalated. Uh, the Rangers need Krofsov to play, uh, whether that is to increase his value for a trade or whether that is to get back to, uh, to, 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 to game fitness and everything to join the team for a playoff push at the end of the season. Um, not that I expect that to happen. I think it's about 95% certain that he will not play another game for the Rangers. But even in, even if that's the case, sending, letting him play in the KHL is the best-case scenario here. Um, let him build up his, his trade value and get more than a second-round pick for him. Um, All right. But from CBA-wise, and yes. um, <clears throat> yeah, let's go with, let's go with that. All the, right, um, CBA questions do you have for me today? CBA question. I just want to make sure I get this right. He can't come back till the KHL season is over. Uh, well, it, it, it usually depends on the type of loan the team agrees. Uh, Kraftsov's under contract with the Rangers, so the Rangers de- decide everything. The Rangers had to agree with Dr. Chelyabinsk on the loan, and if Dr. is going to get him on loan, they're going to – they're going to try and get him for the rest of the season. Um, so the season ends March 1st, the regular season. I'm pretty sure that team will make the playoffs. They're second in their conference now, just six points behind Metalurk in the East. They are going to make the playoffs. Whether or not they'll be successful in the playoffs remains to be seen. But the return for Kraftsov is going to be somewhere between mid-March and the end of April, depending on how far they go in the postseason. Yeah, basically like last year. Yeah. And look... Uh, if Jonathan Druin and the Tampa Bay Lightning can reconcile, if Jesse Puglia-Yarvi and the Edmonton Oilers can reconcile, I'm not ruling it out. I'm, it's 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 Im- improbable, but not impossible, like Elliot Friedman said. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up the same point I brought up to Mark. If this didn't happen once before, I would totally, I would I would entertain the possibility of reconciliation. But with the way that they've really screwed them around twice now. I, I don't I, – I would say that chance is not even 95%. I think it's 0.01 chance of that happening. Mm. Yeah, but look, I like to keep – keep Drury should keep his options open because my expectations of the general manager is to do what's in the best interest of the team. I don't, I don't want this to turn into uh, some, some nasty altercation where – Drury is is doing some power grab, trying to you know get out on top in this in this personal vendetta he has against Kravtsov, according to some. He needs to do what's best for the team. I only care about the Rangers winning a Stanley Cup. 
I don't care if they trade away Kako and Lundqvist and Panarin and Zibanejad if it if it if it results in us winning a cup. I want the Rangers to win the cup. I don't give a shit about individual players winning a cup. Yeah, I'm, I'm same thing. I'm um, tempted to say 99% of that is true, but a lot of Ranger fans will tell you that Tony Amante should not have been traded in the 94 deadline. Tony Amante shouldn't have been traded. No. And, and, you know, uh, the, the deadline trades in 1994 are never criticized for the sole reason that the Rangers won a cup. But yep. they were, they were the, the, the most dominant team in the league going into the trade deadline. And after the trade they deadline, they needed back. seven games against the Devils and the Canucks to win a cup. After I, they, yeah, yeah, yeah they, I, they beat Jersey them. 20, 20 to seven in the five yep. games in the regular season yep. with Amonte and Gartner. And, you think that they couldn't have done that in the playoffs? Exactly. I think, and, they, and, I think they also beat them six nothing though in the last game though. Just just because you win a cup doesn't no. mean every trade you made is good. Just because you don't win a cup doesn't mean every trade you made is bad. The yeah. Yandel trade in 2015 was a good trade. It just didn't result in a cup win. Because the, the Amonti trade, the Amonti trade in '94 was fucking terrible. Yeah, terrible. and people say, "Oh, but we got Matto and he scored the game winner in, in Game Seven. Well, maybe I'm not saying it's definitely the case, but what if we have Amonti? Do we even need seven games against against the Devils? No, you don't. You don't. Or Gartner. The only the trade. Devil that year. The only trade I will say that they needed to make to win that cup was the the wait for Tinkinen trade. And that one hurt long term too. But without Tinkinen, they don't win that cup. I'm that was the year before. That, I, I understand that, but I'm just talking about all the trades that led up yeah. to that. When you include Messier, you include signing Graves, you include all the things that they did up to that. Tinkinen is the obviously aside from Messier, Tinkinen was the one deal in those last like two or so years before leading up to that 94 deadline that they needed to make Marchant for McTavish. You could have went and you could have gotten someone other than McTavish, but McTavish wasn't a, wasn't a make or break. Noonan and that's still on the face of that though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this, this team, it seems like this team's had face off problems since McTavish has not been there, but McTavish could probably still win more face offs than anybody on the team right now. Sad part is that's true. Yeah. By the way, by the way, last night against the Canucks was the first game the Rangers played this season where the team that won also won more faceoffs. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think opening night the Rangers were like unbelievable on faceoffs yeah. and lost. Uh, so the Rangers played uh, until last night. The Rangers played nine games. The games where they got two points, they lost the faceoff battle. The games where they got zero points, they won the faceoff battle. And the one game where they ended up with with a point, the faceoffs were 50-50. <laughs> they still only have they have two games now in which they've scored three or more non-empty net goals in regulation. The yep. Ottawa game and the Columbus game. And that's it. And those two teams are not good teams. That has to change in order for them to be able to win and make the playoffs. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. That's cool. Um <laughs> Look, uh, circling back to Kravtsov, I when I look at the Jonathan Druen situation, and I mentioned this with you, John, when we discussed it, you know, uh, in 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 chats, the Tampa Bay Lightning didn't trade him right away when he went back and lived in his mom's basement in Montreal. They reconciled, they patched things up, 
They let him play for a whole season. He put up 50 points, and then they traded him for Mikhail Sergachev, who was instrumental to the two cups that Tampa Bay won the last two seasons. That's the scenario I want for the Rangers. I want the Rangers to raise his value and trade him for something that we can use and that can make us a competitor. I'm not interested in a second-round pick. We got a second-round pick for Elias Anderson. We were lucky to hit on Will Cooley. I know it's still early, but it looks good so far. I don't trust this organization to hit on a second-round pick twice. Well, as I said in the Bartok comments, uh, it was a, uh, it was sort of a, I feel like punching Gordy Clark in the face type of arg- uh, comments today. Because the first one was about Kratzoff. The second one was about Heedle. And do you see Philip Heedle being an answer at all for this team's future? Heedle, by the way, was a huge reach on, reach on draft day. Uh, there was an outlet that there was one ranking that had him at 65. Yeah. And he, and he was drafted 21st overall. Yeah, he early was a second-round pick. Yeah, early on, he looked like a good like a good pick. You know, his, his early seasons in North America were really promising. But I've never I've never seen the upside with Filipino. I think he's Artemanisimov without the defense. Yeah. Artemanisimov in his Ranger days scored some highlight real goals like Hedl has. Mm-hmm. The problem is they're few and far in between. He reminds me more of Marcel Hosa than Artem Anisimov. I think Marcel Hosa is like, it's like a tweener, a guy who's really not like, he's not built for bottom six play, but he's not good enough to be a true legitimate top six forward. So he's like like that tweener that just can't really find a role. But in today's game, you could get away with that. Back in Marcel Hosa's day, you had to be either one or the other. And that's why Marcel Hosa didn't last. Yeah. But but if, if you look at if you look at the players they drafted, they, they've had success, just not with the players they developed themselves. No. Yeah. By and the way, I, I said that before too, Stephen. Does it ever alarm you that the Rangers aren't exactly trading away their prospects and they're flourishing elsewhere? Because to me, that means Italian evaluators are not picking good not people. Not doing good. No, and, and that's 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 a valid point, but uh, I think the only example there is JT Miller, but JT Miller had serious character issues when he was in New York. He admitted this in an interview a year ago. He said in an interview that it didn't click with him until the second trade. He was traded twice in 16 months, and only when he was traded to Vancouver, that was the wake-up call where he was like, I need to take this serious. Yeah, JT Miller was drinking the night before an afternoon game with fans at a bar on the road. And then he had a shit game and, and, and fans were defending him because it was, it were the fans that were having a beer with him. So they relate to him and they get along this and that, blah, blah, blah. But there's a, there's a deeper issue in this organization. And if you want to, if you want to uh, understand why, you have to watch the 2012 HBO Road to the Winter Classic TV show that was that was uh, made that year. Yeah, I still have all the episodes. When the Rangers played the Flyers and the one in 2018 when we played the Sabres. In 2012, they had Danny Briere on the team in Philly. And he took uh, Braden Shen and uh, Sean Couturier. He took them into his house. Took care of them, cooked for them. Hartnell. It was Hartnell. Was it Hartnell? Okay. It was Hartnell. 
It was it was one of the veteran players that was that was taking care of the. Young I thought it was Briere actually. No, I, I know, I know, it was Scotty Hartnell because he was talking oh, about it. I'm going to watch those episodes when I'm when I'm flying to New York, and we'll discuss this one. When we I know Briere had somebody in his house. I remember watching Briere ha- having someone in his house because that was, they're, playing because with they're playing video games with his kids. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It, anyway, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Briere. But the anyway, similar situation about that hold on, was. Hold on, hold on. So I'm, I'm trying to finish my point here. A couple of years later, the Toronto Maple Leafs did a similar thing, and Patrick Marlowe had Mitch Marner and was it Austin Matthews temporarily living with him and his wife? Yes. Yeah. And then in 2018, the Road to the Winter Classic, which was done by NBC, which was garbage, because first of all, episodes were 20 minutes instead of 45, and nobody beats HBO in terms of quality. The 2018 Road to the Winter Classic show, they show uh, Kevin Hayes, Brady Shea, and Jimmy Vesey living together in some shitty apartment ordering pizzas. That is night and day, and that's why the Rangers suck at developing players. Don't and the Rangers were a, devel- um, a veteran team at that point. Yeah. The Rangers do not have the right mentality, do not have the right uh, culture in the organization for prospects to develop properly. No, you're right. Nick is a manager tried with Leas Anderson by taking him in. But that's the only example. That's the only example I know. No, I agree with that. And you, you, you gotta have that. You, you gotta have something. You gotta have. And, and you know, you know, you know. Yeah. Just, get, get, sorry, just to elaborate on this quickly. Um, we let Brendan Smith go in the summer, who signs for eight hundred thousand dollars in Carolina. Capo Kako, in an interview in Finland, said that Brendan Smith is the one who helped him adjust to life in New York. Brendan Smith was the one who took him in who explained everything to him, who took him by the hand, so to speak. He was feeling that Danny Briere or Scott Hartnell, whoever it is, that veteran role. And I honestly don't, still don't understand why you let Brendan Smith go and then replace him with Tenorti. Apparently, um, Kratzoff is quoted saying, "To cont- I-, I am continuing... My goal of playing hockey for the New York Rangers. Yeah, his agent wrote that, not Kraft. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> yeah, um, look, it's 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 the thing a player in that situation should say. Yeah, you know when you go when you when you run into your ex-wife and and she and and she walks up to you and she asks you how you're doing, you always say I'm doing well. Yeah, it just that's it. That's it. Yeah, and uh, look, Brendan Smith for eight hundred thousand or Jared Tenorti for three million, easy, easy choice for me, honestly. Yeah, uh, I and and Patrick Nemeth and and I and I said this, I've said this many times. You could have had John Merrill for eight hundred and fifty k, and he's a, he's an upgrade over Brendan Smith. He's Patrick a, Nemeth, Patrick Nemeth is not two million a year better than Brendan Smith. Patrick Nemeth is not even one million a year better than Brendan Smith. Brendan Smith, Brendan Smith last year played better than Patrick Nemeth has played so far this year. And I know it's I know it's early, so maybe you know they have to get used to the new system and this and that, blah blah blah. Heard all the excuses. Yeah, but Patrick Nemeth has been bad for a while. Red Wings fans yeah. told us he was bad. Colorado Avalanche fans told us he was bad. 
Yeah. I mean, but, Dallas didn't want him. What, what, what annoys me about the Nemeth signing is that when he was signed, there were reports, I think it was Larry Brooks, who was touching on, you know, Nemeth being signed to, to help guide Nils Lundqvist because they're both Swedish. Yeah. That's such a bullshit reason. That's such a bullshit reason. If if you put me in a room with a random Dutch guy, doesn't mean we get along just because <laughs> we're from the same country and speak the same language. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's it's better enough that our our girlfriends or uh, wives in the past had to do that with men anyway. They're like, here, you two are both men. Yeah, talk. Yeah. You both watch sports. Yeah, I watch hockey and he watches rugby. It's not really the same. But just just because they're both Swedish doesn't mean they get along. Imagine here in Dublin, if I have two guys working on my team, uh, you know, and one is from Oregon, uh, uh, and 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 I want to hire another one, and I go, you know what? I'm going to hire a second technician from Oregon because he and the other guy will get along because they're both they're both from Oregon. They're both American. Oh. Joe Micheletti does that all the time on, on the telecasts. He sits there and, and and says that these guys are like friends because they're from the same country. Meanwhile, a lot of the times that he's saying that, these guys grew up on completely different sides of the countries that he's talking about. And I'm just you, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you, you know who Kravtsov's best friend on the team was? Keandre Miller. Yeah, it just... Ugh. Kendra Miller speak, got along with a lot of guys. Russian doesn't speak a word of Russian, but they Nemeth, got along. I'll, I'll give Bobby this. Nemeth does block shots well on the penalty kill. I'll give him that. But he's not good in front of his own net. He doesn't clear men out well. He often misses assignments, which is just ridiculous because he doesn't really he, have tough assignments to miss. He makes so, more snow angels than Dan Girardi. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's bad. Look, By the way, yeah. Stephen, we're going yeah. through these episodes really quick, and I forgot Sean Avery was in one of them. Really nice. Ah. Um, no, look, our defense has issues, and I think it's time to mix it up because the Miller Truba pairing has been dreadful. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Miller's been on the ice for the last four goals against, and no one's saying anything. His turnover last night is the reason why Miller scored. Why in overtime is he trying to stick handle through two opponents three on three? Yeah. Here's a better question. Why is Truba out there in overtime and why is not Lindgren when Lindgren can actually skate and move the puck well? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I hey, Steven's response yeah. just oh, yeah. up perfectly. Listen, listen, it was it was probably the best assist in a Rangers game this season. The one by Nemeth to uh who did he assist on? Was it Manjapani? Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the Manjapani goal was off the backboards, though. So I'm not I think sure. Manjapani scored two against us, but... Yeah. Uh. Anyway, this, this team has issues, and one of the issues they have is that they need a playmaker on the right side, and we traded one away, and we chased one away. Uh yeah. I, I it sounds funny because I, I I heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Oh that really? Would what, that would be what that guy said. Yeah. Word I, for I, word. I literally have said. I've literally tweeted this out on Twitter. I oh, said okay. 
we we well no i i said it in here too but i tweeted it out on twitter earlier on today in response to like three or four different people i was like we hinged an entire off season on the development of three kids mm. we alienated one of them and the other two clearly aren't ready and they had no backup plan look i'll i'll i'll, I'll try to paint a picture of what the situation <laughs> must have looked like for Croftsoft just to you know get some some uh, perspective he gets drafted in 2018 by Jeff Gordon. Then he gets offered an entry-level contract in 2019 by Jeff Gordon. Flies to flies to North America with his mom and his brother. Spends, spends the whole summer in North America. Trains, joins the team for preseason, scores a couple of goals. Quinn says to him that he played well. So his assumption is, I'm making the team. And then he gets sent down. He activates his his uh, European assignment clause, and then the thing happens with Drury, the first incident with Drury, where he calls him a quitter in front of his teammates in Hartford for Stupid. activating his his European assignment clause. Stupid, ridiculous. Anyway, he goes he goes to Russia, doesn't go well. He gets sent down to the VHL during the international break, and comes back to Hartford, finishes the season in Hartford. Fine. The next season, there's a pandemic, so. The season's postponed, and he's getting loaned out to Traktor again, this time because the Rangers want to. Plays in Russia, works on everything the Rangers asked him to work on. He, 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 improved. he, he improved defensively. He, he, he was better without the puck. Comes back to New York at the end of the season, joins the team, plays 20 games, puts up a couple of goals, a couple of assists. Uh, doesn't pout when he's on the fourth line playing with Howden, which is, yeah. you know, I mean – reason to complain there and then in the at the end of the season the general manager who drafted you is fired and replaced by the guy who embarrassed you in front of your teammates two years prior then in the offseason one of your best friends on the team in Butchnevich is traded away and there are reports in the media that the trade makes sense because you and Capo Kako are going to get more minutes you get to New York and Drury says to you, you can skip prospect development camp and train with the big guys. Then you play in preseason. You miss a couple of games because of injury. You come back and you score a goal against the Islanders. Is it really that far-fetched for Kravtsov to expect he makes a team at that point? No, it, it's not. And here, here's the biggest problem I and have. Then, and then he gets sent down by Chris Drury, the guy that berated him, bad-mouthed him two years prior. He, but the biggest problem is, is that, like, I, I get that you're, that you want to add grit to this team. And you and I have both said the same exact thing. It cannot come at expense of skill. And at this point, this offseason, that's what they did. They, they, they added grit and they added it at the expense of skill. So now you, you, you traded away your best right winger for a bottom six winger and a second round pick. And now you desperately need offense. So what do they do? They go with Dryden Hunt, and they they send him down to keep Libor Hayek, who is borderline ECHL level defenseman over over the the prior. They prioritize those two over a top ten pick, and who's your number two prospect? Piss poor yeah. asset management uh, organization. Any yeah, any I mean, other organization? If this is Toronto, if this is Montreal. If this is Pittsburgh or Boston, every single fan is blasting them. 
But no, we've got a bunch of xenophobes who want to blast the player instead well, of instead John, of sitting there and actually placing blame on the team. I, John, John, Mark, have you heard of this happening to another team with two top ten picks? No! no, not with two of them. And and again, I I, I, I know not- you said the xenophobe thing, but it was uh no, yeah, I mean, a little bit of the 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 virus the the Tom Wilson virus. Listen, go to the Rangers Wikipedia page and change the owner to Tom Wilson. Yeah. I think somebody uh, did that once. J- j- no, it, uh, somebody did that with the Capitals and Henrik Lundqvist. They changed the owner to Henrik Lundqvist. It was after the 2013 series, I think. Uh, By the so, way, um, I just got a message. I'm only going to say the words, a trusted source, somebody that we know, uh, is confirming that the Eichel for Kachuk trade has legs. Okay, yeah, so uh, it was Kachuk, a first-round pick, a former first-round pick, uh, uh, and two prospects. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good deal for Buffalo, and Adam should run with it. I, I, can't, I can't believe he's getting that much. Take it and run. Yeah. I cannot believe after the shit show we've, we've, we've sat through all summer that Kevin Adams is going to come out on top. Yeah. Especially that again, I still think it's a mistake. Yeah, why? I still How think he did. Teams and they're playing well. Yeah, he no, did. Um... Listen, listen, the NHL is the worst league, but it's also the league with the dumbest general managers. Ariana might be right about this. They don't want to pay Kachuk nine million. I, you know what? I can't say I blame them because that's a lot for him. But mm-hmm. I mean, so trade him for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, Phil, by the way, your text just just to say your text to me is yes. I'm not saying his name on the air, just in case right now. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So it's okay. it's a trusted one. Steven, I'll let you know who it was in a minute. Um, but it's that's I gotta agree with you. If Kevin Adams ends up coming out on top on this, I'm still shaking my head because he I feel like he gave away Sam Reinhardt. He got a, a king's ransom for Ross, for um, Ristolainen, and mm-hmm. then to get this, I still don't like trading a winger for a center. Ask no, Columbus about that and how that worked listen, out. This is the same league where the Edmonton Oilers give up a first-round pick for Griffin Reinhardt and then lose him for free two years later in the expansion draft. <laughs> Peter Shirelli screwed two organizations in that draft. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Shirelli, God, my my God, we're gonna have to come up with the Peter Shirelli Award. Yes. In all honesty, because, that, because that, that, I don't think anybody could ever do better. If if people are wondering who the second team was that Shirelli fucked over in that draft, it's the Boston Bruins because the scouting department he put together passed on Barzal, Shabbat, Connor and Connor, and Connor to pick DeBrusque, Senishin, and Senishin. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was bad. You you could you could have let a two year old pick three random players, and they would have done better with those picks. I mean, you, Glenn Glenn Sather couldn't get that wrong, especially if it was the two thousand three NHL draft. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, by the way, before I forget, uh, even though it's as far as this is concerned, it's belated. But again, happy birthday. To uh, Mr. Statboy Steven, it was last yeah. week. Thank you very much. Thirty-seven. Yeah. Fuck, I'm getting up there. I'm uh, ah. reaching, reaching NHL retirement age. 
Yeah, uh, fortunately for me, as long as the Dan O'Char is in the league, uh, I'm below it. That's, so. also, that's, also, that's also true. Um, <laughs> but I, I would have been – my draft would have been 2003. Yeah, oh, God. My, my draft would be 04. All right, would you have gone before Brian Elliott and after Dustin um, uh, Bufflin? Listen, I, I, I'm, I, I, I don't like to brag, but as a player, I'm a combination of Wayne Gretzky and Tanner Glass. I have the physicality <laughs> of Wayne Gretzky and the skill of Tanner Glass. Okay. Uh, I, I think I would be Brent Gretzky at best. <laughs> Listen, talk, or talk shit all you want about Brent, Brent Gretzky. He's part of the most successful brother combination in the NHL. And indeed, he is. Yeah, brothers yeah. in the NHL, Brent and Wayne Gretzky. How there were yeah. six Sutters and they couldn't even compete. Six Sutters couldn't couldn't beat Wayne Gretzky and brother Brent, who had four points. No, I was about to say Brent. Uh, Brent surely racked up the points there. Four, yeah, yeah. He, he, to, he was uh, up there with Brent Lindros. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yesterday, Tyler and I recorded episode thirty-seven. Of- oh, it did it again. Sorry. Steven, I don't understand why it's doing that. If, if you want me gone, just say so. Um, <laughs> well, we are going to go another yeah. – uh, we'll go uh, 10 more minutes with you. So, so Tyler and I were recording episode 37, and I started to read out some of the players who wore the jersey number of the episode number. Uh, so yesterday, number 37, one of the players that came up is Derek Armstrong. Derek Armstrong. Derek Armstrong. For the Rangers, 37? Yes, he was 23. Derek Armstrong is 23 on the Rangers. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm just saying Chris Drury was 37 in Colorado. Yeah, no, no, but I'm talking about Ranger jersey. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Derek Armstrong came up. Um, Derek Armstrong, you had four different jersey numbers in official games. Yeah, I was listening to this. And he played seven games over the span of three seasons. Uh, How does that even happen? How that works. I don't don't know. He had that, number that, that's an oddity. He had number 17, number 18, number 21, and number 37. And he only played seven games. That was a guy that got sent down. That, that was that like that very late 90s, early 2000s wolf pack where him, like guys like him, Jernander, and Tom's just get getting called down and sent up. But for some reason, Tom's, I think, always wore 32. I think it uh, was 29 and 32. And yeah, Jeff I Tom, remember right? Tom's wearing 32. Yeah. Jeff Toms. I have the jersey he wore when he scored that hat trick against Boston. That was that's so nice. weird. Um, I, oh, that's I, right. I saw uh, Catherine's post on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually the way we uh, we met because I, you know, I like stats, and I was I was talking about Matt Pumpo at the time, and Matt Pumpo had the most fluky hat trick in the history of the league against the Coyotes. Yep. Oh, and I think they were after an empty netter. Yeah, I, yeah, it was the mo- the flukiest hat trick in the history of the league. And I was telling Catherine about it. And I'm like, did you know that he was the first player in 15 years claimed off waivers for the Rangers to score a hat trick? She goes, "Oh, was the other guy Jeff Toms?" And that that's that's when I fell in love. <laughs> that, that was that was the moment. It's, so it's crazy, man. So I was able to, uh, through a collector, get a jersey from that season. And um, um, for our anniversary, I was able to reach out to Jeff Toms to write us a personalized message to frame with a jersey. 
Oh, that's, that's awesome. great. That's great. That's awesome. And when I reached out to Jeff Toms, he was like, oh my God, I did I didn't realize Ranger fans remembered me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I could totally see him saying that too. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have to think too hard player. about a ranger that wore 43 because one of them was on the show and one of them was my favorite ranger of all time. Libra Hyatt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was 42, actually. <laughs> no, but um, obviously, Marty Biron and um, uh, Ryan Callahan debuted with 43. Uh, how, how many? How many? <laughs> Stat baby. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I've, I've had people ask me, is it a time to change you change your name to Statman? But I don't grow up. I just grow old. Um, <laughs> no, but um, Martin Baron, I mean, didn't he concede like 15 goals in his final two games or something? Well, he the, his very last game was the, the hurdle game. And... No, 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 no. He played against the Ducks. That was his last game. The hurdle game was not his last game. Wow. Really? I'm shocked. No, I thought that was his last game because I don't I don't remember him playing another game that season after that. All right. Hold on. Oh, by the way, it is confirmed who we are going to be having next week. A guy who um was making news this or was mentioned in the news this week, not making it, but Ray Ferraro is going to be joining us next week. Yeah. So oh, it's awesome. Um, okay, sorry, I was wrong about the Anaheim Ducks. Um October eighth against the San Jose Sharks. He conceded five goals. October twelfth against the St. Louis Blues, he conceded four. Yeah. Okay. So the St. Louis was the next. Okay. So I was wrong that it, yeah. So it's sort of second last game. But, I was about to say. I, I remember saying, and the, the joke that was going around all over the place with like Rangers fans online and everything was the joke oh. was that Hurdle had retired beer on with the through the legs yeah, goal because he scored four. He scored four goals, including yeah, he the, yeah. the four goals and then the, the fourth one. Was and Joe goal. Thornton got in trouble by saying, "If I scored a hat, if I scored four goals and the last goal was between my legs, I'd rip my dick out on the ice." I don't well, remember that. But, but, but listen, Joe Thornton got into trouble surrounding Ranger games earlier as well with Tortorella when he called the Rangers <laughs> soft, and Tort Tortorella called him out because he hadn't won a thing in the league. That was the Halloween when I, I posted that thing when you posted the, the Halloween games yeah. and I was like that was the, the Halloween game that was on the game uh, the list of games that you posted was definitely yeah. the game that Thornton called the Rangers soft and Tortorella told him to shut the f up because yeah. he never won anything in his career and then the Rangers he, went out and trounced them. He literally said about Joe Thornton, he he might go down as one of the best players in this league to never win anything. So what he should do is shut up. <laughs> that I. Was, one of Tortorella's best lines ever. Yes, ever. John Tortorella had to have some of the most entertaining uh, post-game or comments ever. And again, um, one of my favorites still has got to be, I don't want to hear anything out of Pittsburgh with their whining super. Yes, no, no, yes. I was going to yeah. bring that up. It was, it, was was a game where, it was a game where I think Stepan was hit with a knee on knee. Yeah. It was Brooks Orpik and a knee on knee hit on Stepan. Yeah, and, and afterwards, Tortorella says, uh, well, what was it? Uh, uh, like he called them gutless, and he said it's one of the most arrogant organizations in the league. Uh, and 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 he said, imagine if it happens to 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 to, to their two fucking stars. They're they're two whining superstars. Whining superstars. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and you know what? 
he called them an arrogant organization. But the funny part was is that Mario Lemieux, the season before, took a verbal dump on the Islanders and said he'll take his ball and his go home and that they were a bunch of thugs and a low-class organization. Oh, that was I fight was, night. I remember the fight night game, game. yeah. And he got goal. nothing for that. But Tortorella got fined out the wazoo for what he said. Listen, yeah, but listen, this is, the, this is the league where you get fined more for cap circumvention than for covering up sexual abuse. Yeah, they need yeah. to fix that shit. But, but the, Devils, it, it, the Devils were fined $3 million for the Kovalchuk incident with the cap circumvention. Yeah. The Blackhawks got a terrible. $2 million fine for covering up sexual abuse for 11 years. Wasn't the Coyotes fined $3 million in a first-round pick? For the Cheka incident, yeah. And yeah. they were docked first-round second-round picks. Yeah, because he needed another combine. Well... Apparently, breaking combine regulations is a worse offense than covering up sexual abuse. Again, this league makes no sense. This is the same league where you can chase your wife with a chainsaw and you're still honored for decades. You can kill a woman while drunk driving and you're welcome back into the league. But if, you, but if you're a fourth-line player and you criticize uh, a teammate's wife in a private jet, your contract's terminated. Right. If, and if, if, I don't if and you, you know what, you know what would have if, if you are the first line center for the team in Toronto, you can just assault a woman in the middle of the night and then get self get uh, lady bing folks. That's the yeah, we're talking and, about. And, and this is another one that the Rangers getting fined for a yeah. mean tweet when they yeah. called out George Paros. Somehow that that's that's something where you could get fined two hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars for, but the Chicago Blackhawks mm-hmm. get a two million dollar fine well, for covering up a crime. Proportionally, the $2 million fine is less than a $5,000 fine for a player making league minimum. Here's what I want organizations, all of them, to understand and to say out loud. We were scared. We had no idea what to do. And this, it, we never had something like this happen. And we thought about doing and we should have called the police and gone through the right channels. This all could have been settled by just going, hey, uh, we need you to come in here and do an investigation. All they had to say was, sorry, we were wrong. We made a mistake. We didn't act the right way. We apologize. That's it. That's all they had to do. But and I but they needed to say that in 2010. I, I mentioned this to you, John. Yeah. If you find someone you're not punishing them. You're just putting a price on something. If, yes. if, you, if you get a speeding ticket of $170 for going 30 miles over the limit, that's not a punishment. That just means that if you want to go 30 miles over the limit. It, it's the point on it's the points on the license that really does the thing. Yeah. With, with this case, what I said they should have done is they should have removed their first and second round draft picks for the next five years. They should have fined the organization $50 million. And which, a cap penalty. And, and, and a cap penalty every year for the next five years. No, no. Okay. Here's a cap, a cap penalty. Hold on. A cap penalty for every year they they covered this up. For the next 11 years, a $10 million cap penalty. I'd totally be okay with that then, too. Yeah, yeah I'd be okay with that, too. Yeah. I, I are you, would, are I you would okay, be... Mark? Are you, are you drinking or what? No, no, no. Drink? My... My camera moved. I had some technical difficulties earlier. Yeah, we were um, we were in like, it. bad shape technical wise earlier on. I don't know what was going on. Still in better yeah. shape than the Blackhawks. 
It's still, yeah, still better shape than the Blackhawks. I, you know what? Because the hard part about this is, it's sort of like, all right, two. It's it's a twofold problem. Stan Bowman was there the entire time. He's the president of operations. He and he should be held accountable to the fullest extent. If I then go take the job as Chicago Blackhawks GM, I'm now dealing with his fine for the next five years. And let's say that fine or that that suspension of the draft picks doesn't get leveled on me until um, until after I took the job. Like then I'm I'm basically wasting my career in Chicago or making it because I'd have to be a genius with the last uh, four rounds of the draft or five rounds of the draft. Hit, yeah, it's 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 something that it's I, I yeah, said this before. Uh, but I said this before, and it's something that's hard to figure out exactly how to punish a team. But now, if they know this ahead of time, now? Listen, listen Mark, I, I keep hearing the same excuse about this was the previous regime. Kyle Beach filed a lawsuit last year, December 2020. A month later, the Blackhawks reached out to him and his lawyer and said, we have no intention of settling. We did our own investigation. Investigation's closed. That's not the previous regime that did that. That's the current that's regime. regime yeah. No, that's no, yeah, that's the current regime that's right there. Yes. Now yes. Bowman's gone. The, the, the whole previous regi- regime excuse doesn't hold that much water if you are and the, here's the thing, even if even if you don't agree to a settlement in January, why did this not come out until October? Yeah. Um previous my ass. Yeah, I gotta I gotta tell you, I didn't know about that until you just said that. That's just gross incompetence all around by that entire organization, whether it's past regime, current regime. You have the players sort of defending the organization. Uh, I mean, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves should take lessons on how to shut the hell up because any everything that they've said lately has, has just painted them in an even worse picture. I've lost respect for the both of them. I I, I don't I don't have any more respect for those two as players. I, I could give a hell less if Patrick Kane plays for USA or not now. If they wanted if they wanted to take him off a of team USA, I'd be totally fine with that after what he said. The yeah. joke. I, I don't want somebody representing me like that. Look, uh Jonathan Taves was defending Stan Bowman saying, oh that's not my experience with Stan Bowman. And Stan Bowman's always been good to me. Who cares Jesse what Red- your experience is with him? Yes, Jeffrey Redmond. Well, $10 million yeah. of dead cap and no first round picks. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Um, Jackie yeah. Redmond, Jackie Redmond uh, in a monologue said, well, what it basically comes down to is this quote that I fully agree with. Uh, you don't get to, uh, what was the word she used? Um you, you you don't get to diminish someone else's experience just because yours was different. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what it that's what it comes down to. And everyone's saying, oh, Jonathan Tate was young. He was only 21 years. I don't care. He's 21 years old. He's a grown-up. He's old enough to drink. He's old enough to vote. He's old enough to go to the army. He's old enough to drive a car. He's old enough to know right from wrong. No one in that organization called the police. No one. And that's what should have happened first. Yeah. It's not in your pay grade. Joel, Joel, Joel Quenville, after his infamous comment, oh, we don't need this right now, should have been called the police. What should have been? Mark, even if even if I, I take Quenville's side here and say, okay, 
You wanted to you wanted to try and win a cup. It's been decades for the Blackhawks. You don't want any distractions. They won a cup uh, within a month. Yep. And they didn't say anything after that. No. Yep. If, they, if they would have come out in July of 2010 and said, listen, we had an incident that happened within our organization. We're dealing with it right now. We're, we're, we're going to involve the police. We're going to inform the NHL and the NHLPA, and we're dealing with it. That I could have respected. But they kept it yep. quiet for 11 years, Mark. That's no longer about winning. And, oh, and, and yeah, I'm right? with you on that. Listen, this is how far an NHL team is willing to to, uh, to go to protect their video coach. Can you imagine how far they're going to protect their head coach if he does, if he does something? Oof. Yeah. Uh, they did I, this I, for I, a video coach. And, 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 Mark, and Mark's brought that up, the, the whole status thing. And I said, you know, that the status, you know, or the stature, rather, I should say, of, of yeah. the coach or whoever, it shouldn't matter at all. But you're right. If they were willing to do that for a video replay coach, what would they have done for a, a head coach or even a player? General manager, whatever. Yeah. Imagine if yeah. this was Kane. And it, it, all, it all comes down to the fine again. Because by fining them $2 million, you're giving teams incentive to do this in the future. You have two options here. You can, them on the wrist. You, no, you have two yeah. options. Here. You, can, you can damage your reputation or you can sweep it under the rug for a decade, win a couple of cups, increase the value of your brand, and they get slapped on the wrist with a $2 million fine, which is a fraction of what you've made over the last decade. And you know what? You're going to endure negative publicity for a month, maybe two, maybe jokes aside. Those three cups they'll never be able to take away. The Blackhawks logo is the least of their worries now. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 And then, you know what? And again, it was it was a horrible act and just a disgusting situation. But again, they they call the police. There's and nothing by, in your job description that says you should have done that. And by not calling the police, uh, Aldrich was not reg uh, registered as a sex offender. And by not being registered as a sex offender, he was able to get a job at a high school where like he then abused a minor, senior old. where he yeah. assaulted him. Yeah. Exactly. And there was there was also an incident with a 22 year old intern, right? Yep. Yeah, true. Yeah. So it wasn't just a, a, a one-off incident where, you know, we made a mistake. No, this happened more than once, and the Blackhawks knew, and they let, him walk. they let him walk, and then he did it to a 16-year-old. And then when Rick Westhead, who deserves a follow from everyone who's listening if they're on Twitter, yeah, when Rick Westhead was asking Gary Bettman if they're going to reach out to the 16, then 16-year-old and his family to offer support, Gary Bettman's answer was, "I need sure. to, I need to, I need to have more information first. What more information do you need to have? There's an entire report that's been given to you. The facts are laid out, and the that's went what Gary Bettman needs to go. Gary Bettman, the guy needs went to prison. And listen, over the years, I have often not defended Gary Bettman, but sort of stood up for him because I always thought it was ridiculous that he was booed at every draft and every." Every in, every, story, every moment he walks into an arena, but after what happened the last week or so, boo boo the motherfucker every time he sets foot in an arena. I well, did did you hear NHL Network when they um, aired the Kevin De uh, Kevin Shevel Day off interview? Yeah. And Rick, Rick West said again, "Great job with the questions." Why 
why is it that Gary Bettman was the one conducting the investigation on Kevin Chevalier and not and not an independent authority coming in here and doing it? Because apparently the NHL, they they can't they don't know their ass from their hole a hole in the ground at this point. They and, they do not know right from wrong. It's no. It's, it's, but you know there, there was another uh, incident with the or incident issue with the with the press availability or media availability. Uh, about the Akim Aliyu situation, you know, the racist remarks he went through. When yeah, he was they supposedly contacted his lawyer and his lawyer came out and said that there was no, there's been no contact for over a year. Bill, <laughs> Bill, Bill Daly said that, that, the, uh, that the investigation has been concluded and that all parties have been informed. And Akim Aliyu's agent quote tweeted that and said, this is news to me. Neither me nor Akim have heard anything from the Blackhawks organization. And the people that we have put forward as witnesses have not been contacted by anyone. Yeah, that was horrible. Unreal. Unreal. Horrible. And Unreal. again, that's that's happened that happened in this Blackhawk situation. Launch, launch them all into the sun. Please. It's not and that's that's what annoys me so much. It's not just one slip up. You know, they mess it up again and again and again and again. And John Tortorella has been very vocal, and Jackie Redmond and uh, Tara Sloan. But everyone else is very hush about this. It's like people don't want to speak the truth. Rick Westhead, who who is responsible for this, you know, coming out with interviewing Kyle Beach and everything, he wanted to ask Gary Bettman a question, and they ignored him twice. And then Darren Drager, who also works for TSN, was allowed to ask a question. And Darren Drager, kudos to him, said, um, "I'm going to let Rick ask his question first. There were, there were, there were, they were, they were. Is, is the word blackballing? Is that the right word? Yeah, they were uh, trying. Blackballing would be the right term. I think I, I'm not sure if it's blackballing or just avoiding knowing you're yeah. you're going to get asked tough questions. Yeah, and if you yeah. if you can't answer them, you're going to try to avoid them. Yeah. This is not the White House where you get softball questions thrown at you. No, this was no. a serious. This was a serious situation. And the NHL fucked up, and you know, the more I think about it, the more I am coming to the realization that it's more likely than not that this is not an isolated incident with the Blackhawks either. No, I, would, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised that if in the in, in the upcoming ten years we'll hear something else. Once players retire, more stories are going to come out. And my God, I hope it's not the Rangers that are involved in this. Because at this stage, I don't even know who to believe anymore. Well, supposedly there's another organization where somebody's being investigated right now. Um, and, and what worries me the most about the Rangers is the last couple of years. You know, and and I don't want to I don't want to beat a dead horse, but. Sean Day asking for his entry-level contract to be terminated. Uh, Leas and Kravtsov, who bowled for various reasons. Players that are unhappy. Players asking for trades. I'm not saying it's like a sexual abuse thing. I'm just saying there's something, there's something, not, right. not, there's something not right in this organization's culture. And I'm, I'm scared to death that something's going to come out in a couple of years that, that's going to make me stop supporting the Rangers. Because I'm telling you, if I was a Blackhawks fan... This would be it. This would be the moment where I burn everything I have and I'll support another team. I cannot support a team that covers up sexual abuse. I'm sorry. If this were, if this were the Rangers, I wouldn't be a Rangers fan anymore. 
it would definitely be, it would definitely hit me hard. Um, yeah. I've said before. I don't want to be associated with an organization that does that because at this point, the NHL is reaching Catholic church levels of, of embarrassment. Yeah. 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 This is where it's, it's this is where it's just best to everybody answer all the questions now. Yeah. The, the, the time is you already had 11 years of a cover up. Now you got to answer them all. This is what happens. This is what happens when you cover anything up. You're going to eventually have to open up and, and, and talk about it. So first off, that's, and I don't care if it's uncomfortable for Gary Batman. I don't care if it's uncomfortable for all the people that are involved. Joel he's, sure getting, he's, he's sure getting paid enough to deal with this shit. Yeah. And Steven, yeah. and here's another example of give to you. I kept on saying to everybody for the last week, this might be my last week as a Miami Dolphin fan. I, I rooted for the Dolphins since 1993. What happened with the Dolphins? Oh, no, no, I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, today, this week was the NFL trade week, the trade deadline. And they were deeply in talks to get Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has 16 counts of sexual assault or 16 accusations. Sorry, 16, 26. You got to be kidding me. And they're still talking about getting this guy? Listen, he hasn't been the, suspended by the NFL either. Listen, when it comes to professional sports, the better you are, the more you get away with. I know it's not what you want to hear, but that's just the way it is. If, it is, but on the other hand, that's why I said before, Brad Aldrich, an instant replay coach. Liner, if a fourth liner did what Austin Matthews did, he's playing in the KHL right now. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. If Adam Fox pulled the same shit the Angelo pulled, he's not bought out. They'll deal with it. Because he's yep. too good. He's too good to give up on. Sports are a business, and that's the problem. It's all about the bottom line at the end of the day. And, and that's, and that's, and that's why, why it happens. And that's why the Blackhawks kept it quiet because they won three cups in six years. Their brand value skyrocketed. They are the last real dynasty this this league has had, so they're they're being protected by the league. Um, and I've I've said this before, and maybe I should start a hashtag, but it's time for an original five. Hashtag original five. Just just retire the franchise, or move them somewhere else, and start a new franchise in Chicago. I don't want to take hockey away from people in Chicago. But just just retire the franchise, start a new one, a new license, new logo, new name, everything. Yeah, I I don't I don't think I don't think that'll happen. I it's really don't happen. think that's going to happen. But I, I mean, yeah, be opposed to it because if that if that was even on the table, it means that that the NHL actually cares, and they don't. Because not one person has actually apologized to Cal Beach. The only words I've seen no. is, I'm so sorry it happened. That's not an apology. We it's feel not. terrible about this. That's like apologizing to, 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 to your wife. Like, I feel terrible this happened. It's not an apology. If, if just imagine this. And let's, let's paint this picture. Let's go to the alternate universe where 2010 happens. And the Blackhawks immediately call the police. Mm -hmm. Joel Quenville is still coaching. 
Uh, Scott, uh, Stan Bowman's still there. There's mm. no tarnish on the league. Kyle Beach might have even had a career. I mean, yeah, that's and, what should have happened. Because they trading, won that cup anyway. Trading Kyle Beach for, was it Brandon Machinter? Yeah. Um, that trade never made sense to me uh, at the time because Kyle Beach was a talented player. He was a high pick. I think he was top 10 even. Was he top 10 pick? I think he was number seven, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. He, was a t- he was a top 10 pick. I think yeah. 2008. Yeah. Um. And I've never understood how, how his career just tanked like that. But now we know. Um, but, yeah, if the Blackhawks come forward, if the Blackhawks, even if they do it after winning their cup, like, like I said earlier, let's, let's look at the scenario where they win the cup and after the cup they inform everyone. And they said, listen, we, 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 we put a pin in this for a couple of weeks while we were in the playoffs. We're going to deal with it now. We've, we've informed the police. We're informing the NHLPA. This person who worked in our organization is now gone. Perfect. That's 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 still good enough. That's still it's good, good enough. enough. The ideal one would have been the other way around. And, even and you if know, they would have, even if they would have, let's say for instance, because it's happened in the Stanley in the conference finals of 2010, mm-hmm. they report to police. It becomes a distraction. They end up losing. They mm-hmm. still prioritized that sexual assault was more important than hockey games. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. You know, it's uh, it would have done their image a lot of good by doing that. But um, look, this league doesn't care about its players. Uh, we saw it with the, with the whole concussion history with 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 people with former players dying of drug overdose because of painkillers. Current and, ones, Rick Rippon. Yeah, Rick Rippon, uh, uh, Derek uh, Bugard is, is an example. Uh, Bob Probert, of course, died very young. Jimmy Hayes, weeks ago. Nothing. The league doesn't give a shit. The league does not care. The only thing the league cares about is money, which is ironic because they fucking suck at selling their product. They're yeah. terrible. They're, they're so terrible. Yeah, they are They are terrible. They're the best. They're banging, the they're banging on hockey fans being the most loyal fans there are. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're the best league in the world, and they don't know how to sell their own product. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's uh, so. By the way, Stephen, uh, since I got you on, and we're on the air broadcasting live. Why anyway? Why not? Uh, you're here in New York up until uh, from the 18th of November until the 4th of December. Okay. So yeah, we definitely gotta either definitely get a beer, if not also see a game. Uh, because I know that there's a bunch of games that they got there. Are you are you still interested in those uh, tickets for the Buffalo game, by the way? Because you never got back. Uh, I'm trying my best. It's so hard to get those days off. Sunday I work and I've been trying to tell so I like the like take words of the Buffalo game coming. Uh that's the Sunday before Thanksgiving Eve. And I'm working Thanksgiving Eve. And I'm trying to get off that day. And I already got the guy that's covering for me saying, well, if I'm going to work that day and then I'm going to work Thanksgiving Eve and then I'm going to I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I understand you'd have to work extra days. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm going to, I wanted to go to the Islanders game at the UBS arena, but tickets are over $200. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go another season. It's fine. So I'm going oh, to. The- there is December 1st versus the Flyers. 
yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll start looking up on that. You need two. Yeah. If, if if when I do the research, is it two for you and the wife? Yes. Okay. And then you and 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 the boyfriend or who? who? I don't know. I don't. I don't know who your partner is. The, it would be it would be that boyfriend right over there. Oh, that, no, <laughs> oh, he, he, looks, he, looks, he looks so cute in the tractor jersey. <laughs> I don't know what kind of shenanigans are going on here, but I'm not about it. Uh, no, no, we're just we're just talking about going to a game. Yeah, I know. Which... No, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm there until the fourth, so we'll we'll figure something out to hang out. Nice, we'll figure that out, and uh. It is uh, Mr. Filkowski's birthday, uh, the thirtieth. So, I'll be the, it would be the first. So it would be the right the day after. So that's we can all have good. A belated birthday party at Madison Square Garden for this time. Well, that's, I'll, that's I'll, I'll take that in a win. Okay, that's definitely well, a good thing the, to get. The birthday party or the win? You never get both from the Rangers. Yeah, that is true. You know what? I got I'll, it I'll, once. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to make it a birthday party. Then, if they decide that they want to not show up to the game, I'll just you know just when get we, when we play the Flyers, do we send Galland home for the day, give him a day off, and 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 have Knobloch drive down from Hartford? Yeah, <laughs> just to get another nine nothing game. Yeah, yes, no, I, I think Galland still has the room, so it's okay. Yeah, uh, um, that, was- that is true. By the way, fun tidbit, Stephen, the Rangers are one and one on my birthday. They should have been two and oh because they got royally screwed in 2014 by uh Derek King falling on Henrik Lundqvist. So Dwight. Oh, sorry, Dwight King. Might as well be Derek yeah. King. Screw him too. So oh <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Uh, it's uh and the other memory you might have for that of my birthday, which is June 7th. Is uh Mike Richter's save on Pavel Bore. So that's a that's that's a day. That is a day. Wait, when's your birthday? June 7th. Oh, so you only get a Rangers game on your birthday once every 15 years or so. Yeah, no, once every 20 years. <laughs> once every 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, uh, let's see, I was 16 and uh 35. So right. so no, 30, no, no 36. 36. 20 years. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I was dating a 21 year old at the time. So it was also. I'm so glad you said at the time. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to think we're going though because I got to eat and then I got a hockey game later. So I got to, I got to get ready for that too. Absolutely. Where are you playing, Phil? Uh, Skate safe tonight. Oh, nice. What position? I play D, but um, I'm really filling in for like my best friend's team. And they need a defender, so I kind of have to like do everything really. But it's, are you better at clearing the zone than Keandre Miller? I'm much better at clearing the zone than Keandre Miller is, and I also don't let the forward just get behind me, like where I'm at, like the point, and they're behind me over by like my goaltender. You know, mm. I don't let that happen. Yeah. Now, if we ever switch to zone defense, Miller's perfect for that. Yeah, I I, I doubt they're going to do anything like that. Um, you know what by the way i said it last week there's three things you can uh count on death taxes and pk suban slewfoots slewban pk slewban that was my name for him i started calling him that (laughs) it's uh is it three times now this season three it's at least three three reeves um zegers 
and the other Lucic. one was what's up? Lucic. Lucic, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's, three, it, that's, that's three times this season, and I think that's like ten in his career. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, can you, can you believe he's making nine million? It's his last year. He ain't going to make anything close to nine million after this year. Tell you that. Speaking of speaking of uh, of, of bad contracts, uh, Adam Fox is making the same amount of money next season as Seth Jones. Yeah. Yeah. And Seth Jones is going to be an albatross contract for a very, very long time. Seth Jones is at the age right now Fox will be when his contract ends. Just disgusting. It makes you think about the different salary structure a lot of these teams are going with in organizations. And now it's starting to be, uh, we're going to pay them up front. Wait. Sometimes I'm okay with that. It's just, But then again, you can't pay them when they're 30 then. So go ahead, do it now. Yeah. Do do, do you know the the five defensemen that were uh, that were paid more than ten percent of the cap after their entry level contract? Eric Carlson, Drew Doughty. Nope. nope. Wait. So you're talking on what their second deal? Their second deal, ten percent of the cap. Shea Weber. Nope. Five five defense. Five defenders who've paid on their second deals. Hold on. Second deal, second deal, second deal. The first one's easy because he's signed. The first one's Adam Fox. Yeah, yeah. First one's definitely Adam Fox. I know that. Um, Kale McCarr. Nope. Yeah, sorry. Kale McCarr as well. Yeah. Yeah, Kale McCarr would be one. Um, Darnell Nurse. Nope. Okay. Darnell Nurse had had a bridge deal after his entry level contract. So, okay. Adam Fox, Cal McCarr, another defenseman right off the bat, second deal, big money. Thomas Shabbat? Nope. Just uh, under yeah, I was about to say Shabbat, too. Just under 10%. Just under um, one, one other defenseman signed this year as well. Charlie McAvoy? No, he's on his third deal. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he had the $4.5 million deal. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That was his second deal, bridge deal. I got a um, guess for Victor Hedman. Nope. No, yeah. he, okay. he took a while. Um, uh, the, so there's three defensemen you're looking for. Oh, One Heiskanen. Is, yeah, Mira Heiskanen. And then because that's two, what AZ said. Yeah. Then there's a uh, a first overall pick. Rasmus Dahlin. Nope. No, and oh, a, that's right. He's and only looking seven. And a Aaron second Aaron Ackblad, yes, and Aaron the Senate Ackblad, yeah. captain. That's the fifth one. Brent Burns? Nope. You, you no. Said, wait, you said Stan Jose captain. I couldn't hear you. Stanley Cup winning captain. Stanley Cup. Oh, that's okay. Stanley Cup winning captain. Ooh, okay. Um, defenseman. He got 10.11% on his second deal after his entry-level contract expired. Ten point eleven percent. Um, he's yeah, no Dowdy wasn't a captain, though. No, no. It's all. It, Neither is Duncan no, Keith, so it's not Duncan Keith. He's no longer oh, on the team. There. He's no longer on the team. He won a cup with. Uh, it's not Alex Petrangelo. I know that, and it's not Zizano yes, Char. It it's it Alex, Petrangelo? Alex Petrangelo. Really? In in twenty thirteen, he signed a contract. With a uh, with a ten point eleven cap hit percentage. Wait, hold on one second. In twenty, oh, hold on. 
<laughs> how how is that even possible? And there was Jesse guessing that. By the way, Jesse, welcome to the show. Although you've been here for about a couple hours, but still. Yeah, Jesse's been with us for a bit. Uh, uh, that is that is a good point, though. I haven't seen Jesse before today. Hold on. All right, so so his first deal was a five-year entry-level deal from 0809 through 1213. And mm-hmm. then from 1314, it was 6.5 million, and the cap was. 64.3. Yeah, 10.11%. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Oof. That's right. By the way, Joe, thank you for that, for letting me know this. Dolphins were settling Watson to settle the cases. It's, on, it's only for uh, for PR. It's only a PR move. Yeah, well, that's a PR move. If if I was accused of that, I would fight to the to the death. Also, I don't have to worry because I'm not going to get accused of that. True. Yeah. That's actually why I got the gaming chair. It works a little bit better right now. So, yeah. But, guys, I'm going right. to go. Uh, and, Stephen, I'm going to. If you have any good suggestions for a good gaming chair, I'm looking into buying one. Uh, actually, if you can and you're gonna and you're gonna put the money on it, try try looking up the X chair. Um, I I just bought a gaming chair because I didn't have a, a pot to piss in, and now I kind of wish that I could upgrade it a little bit. Wait, does it come with a urine bag? What? What's... No, 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 no. A pot oh, to piss in is in money. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, that, that that is the next step for uh. For gaming chairs, it comes with a catheter. I was so, so confused there for a second. Yeah. All right. All right. I am but definitely out on that note. So I will see you two later. Yes. Later. And Stephen, thank you very much for joining us. And Thanks, uh, everybody, also, thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to next week, if not doing it sooner. We're hoping to get multiple episodes. We're still trying to figure out that format and how I can not be exhausted on Mondays to do that. So thank you all very much. Once again, Thank you to Wardy NHL, Rangers Review, co-host, Statboy Steven for joining me today, and John and Anthony, although you weren't on with Anthony, so it's all good. Next time. All right, but uh, Steven, yeah, thank you, and uh, we'll we'll talk some more and get that uh, down. Sure. I wish you could be there on the 28th, but I know you can't, so. Uh, all unfortunately, good. I have other plans, so. Uh, no problem. Don't worry. There's always another day. Yeah. We'll definitely do something. So thank you. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna count the broadcast.